guys gals non-binary pals welcome back to another edition of the stardust press podcast and for the second straight episode go ahead and do your intro it's something <laughs> i can't hey ruth again aka mm-hmm. dr otter and yeah thanks for having me back um hey did i get a second episode before smiley did yeah well smiley's a bitch so um (laughs) (laughs) no no uh but okay so fun okay funny story i guess inside baseball uh i was gonna do a second episode with smiley at the tell in december whenever uh beth got hurt however like his schedule like i jokingly say all the time smiley doesn't do fucking shit but like he had work and a bunch of other shit he had like family coming over at the end of the year so it was busy but i'm doing a second episode which oh in case y'all don't follow the my twitter or anything uh dr jonathan foy myself and smiley in the coming weeks hopefully before his actual retirement show we're going to be doing a episode on keiji muto's all japan run wrestle one run and noah run uh i originally wanted to do like a career retrospect except none of us knew shit about his new japan run and wcw run so i was just like well that's the runs most people know so let's focus on the ones they may not know because there's i read dr jonathan has two books about the muta era of all japan uh the first one was about the noah exodus mostly but the second one was all about the actual muta years itself and there's a lot of common miss how do i put this there's a lot of stuff that is out there on the internet people have this perception of muto's all japan and it's like not necessarily the case um which i'll let him you know explain all of it lots of muto trying to make something out of nothing because i mean when masao left he took fucking everybody everybody <laughs> all except kawada because he didn't ask <laughs> uh but uh yeah we're doing that in the coming weeks uh which is a little something that yeah, I was going to have Dr. Jonathan on to talk about his uh trip to Japan, but I was like, you know what, this Muto idea is a lot more suited for him since he's got books on him. So I was yeah. like, hey, you want to do this? He was like, yeah. I said, I- I'll ask Smiley against my better judgment because Smiley does not bring viewers, but I'll we need to know about this Shindy Wrestle 1. So I'll let him talk about this product and why it died. And I can poke yeah. fun at him the whole time, so it's going to be good. Give him the platform. It's good. <laughs> you know... You know, I, I told him I would never talk about this Shindy Wrestle One on this podcast, but this is like the second time I'm talking about it. But uh, it just fine. keeps coming back to you. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I'll get to joke about how uh whenever he's talking because I told Smiley, I was like, because I know Muto didn't wrestle full time toward the end of Wrestle One. I was like, so just talk about how it implemented uh Muto's philosophy of pro wrestling and stuff like that. And I, and then after he goes through all that spiel and their closure, I'm gonna be like, yeah. Let's talk about how they're fucking dead and they don't exist anymore, Smiley. <laughs> oh, cold, cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. Um uh, sorry that uh whenever I released the Noah New Year episode, everything that we had talked about had already happened. So that's thank you, Noah. You Noah yeah. doesn't like to do they don't like to do anything before big shows. Their builds are usually lackluster, but all of a sudden they decided, oh, we're going to do everything and fucking ruin this podcast drop. So thank you for that, Mr. Mr. Wrong Guy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about uh, Dragon Gate. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Open the New Year Gate Cork and Hall show. Uh, well, 
we're doing the main event of the first one and then the second one we're going to talk about in full uh we're also going to review three previous unit losing unit must disband match because high end versus zebras i mean it was it was fun and we'll talk about it but it didn't really have the high stakes as the previous three that i wanted to talk about um sure. i mean it's it's just they're both units that have only been formed for like two years well two years well zebrats has been all the different incarnations of red because they just kept rebranding or berserk which we'll talk about that shortly and then high end was really just uh like oh we need yamato to have a unit so here's this unit and it just was terrible i i am glad that from the start i saw right through it everybody's like oh this is gonna be the official men's unit i said no nah, this unit's gonna suck ass and i was right <laughs> <laughs> um no no but uh it's, it's gonna be fun to talk about their demise i can't wait uh <laughs> i am a full-on hater of high end so i can't wait to get into all that uh but uh they also announced a tournament uh the ray de parejas which is their first ray de parejas since 2003 and the first tag tournament since the i want to say it was 20s it was either 2016 2017 summer adventure tag league where Ida and dragon kid won so it's been without a tag team league for a while uh which that was one of my main complaints i was like just bring back the tag tag leagues because like y'all don't do a lot of tournaments like every other pro companies y'all y'all can bring back the tag league it's fine um so we'll talk about that at the very end because i mean this is one of those this is one of those tournaments where there's no clear-cut winners um and the champions are going a little on a little expedition uh they're all going to america after yeah. this weekend always um, an interesting choice leaving your champions out i like it yeah which uh before we talk about the shows uh we can get into it uh kz and shimizu big time they're going to america after this weekend because kz's got to do the uh last muda show and then the i think he's yeah he's gonna miss the kobe show that dragon gate's doing and he's gonna go do that and i think they're leaving sometime after that uh so they're gonna be gone for a couple months which it's interesting but i mean it's a smart idea because i mean you could send people that they already know like where they sent yamato and all that but people already know all them just send just send whoever which they've been sending out shun a lot so they've shown that it really doesn't hurt them if they send out big main eventers to America because they have people they can cycle in and out. So it really doesn't affect them, which came a long way from 2020 where after Yoshino retired, it was a really rough year. It's like, Oh man, I don't know how, how things are going to go. Now they have a bunch of different people they can cycle in, which I mean, uh, I like the idea of Casey and Shimizu going over because I feel like most people kind of figured out like uh, when they're going to send some iteration of natural vibes over to America. And I'm sure most people thought it probably would have been like Casey and like Jackie or Jason, but the best representatives were probably Casey and Shimizu just because Shimizu is so, so good. I It's like criminal how good he is. And yet he's often left out whenever you talk, mostly because Natural Vibes has a really deep roster of talent. So it's just like whenever you talk about, you just don't mention Shimizu, which is crazy because he's probably like wrestling wise. He's probably the second best in the unit behind Casey. Uh, he's often forgotten about, but he's definitely the right one to send because his charisma is off the charts. I wish american big men had half of charisma as shimizu has so yeah, yeah. uh 
it'll be interesting to see what they do in America. I know they're doing a couple indie shows. They're defending the titles in MLW, I think, which I don't even know who's signed MLW anymore, so I can't give dream matches. Um, <laughs> I mean, any I like. I think I said like on a uh, Twitter, I was like, yeah, they should do like uh, uh, Alex Kane and Myron Reed because I want Myron Reed to come to Dragon Gate. And like a day after I said that, like he fucking left MLW. I was like, well, all right, I guess. I guess I can't have that, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but let's get into the first of the four losing units must disbands match, which let me get a drink here. I, I'm trying to stay hydrated so my throat doesn't dry out. Like I said, I've been. All right, nice. I, I'm being fully British and drinking tea, so I'm going to join you. Uh, it, it'd be like that sometimes. But... <laughs> uh, the first losing unit must disband match. I don't have too much backstory on other than the fact that Mad Blanky was a very, very dominant Hill unit for a very long time, uh, which when I went back, started when I ever I first got Dragon Gate Network and started watching back old stuff, they were usually the focal point of most of the stuff that I watched. Um, they disbanded a lot of units, Mad Blanky did. Uh, I believe they disbanded Dia Hearts. I know they disbanded the Millennials because Yamato's a bitch. Um, they Mercy killed, what was it, uh, Akatsuki, uh, which Yamato left Akatsuki to join them. They, they disbanded a lot of units. And then Jimmy's was a unit that I don't like. It's crazy they got as popular as they did because the... Which funny, their origin actually starts with uh, Mad Blanky, but during the Akira Tozawa leadership, where him and BB Hawk uh, won the Open the Twin Gate Tag Team Championships, and they faced Kagatora and Susamu Yokosuka at the time, and then Tozawa was like, "Hey, if we beat y'all, y'all gotta change y'all's names to Jimmy Susamu and Jimmy Kagatora, which Jimmy means plain in Japanese, like plain, like uninteresting." so they're like all right like we we want the twin gate so like uh, sure we'll do it and of course they lost and then along the way they started asking people to join uh the original jimmy's were naoki tanazaki uh jimmy kanda saito jimmy rio uh genki horiguchi h-a-g me jimmy susumu and already said kakator so and then We'll talk about this uh, Mad Blanky match because they get another member, and that actually is a nice segue into the Versark disbandment match. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this Mad Blanky versus Jimmy's match is a it's a really really good match. It's a like it probably out of all the ones other than the Versark one, it probably has the hottest finish just because of uh, Kness uh, yes. turning at the end to. Uh, help susamu out uh it was very very chaotic i feel like most of the units uh disbandments match has some form of yamato and takashi yoshida in this in it because yeah. he's here he's like this here. was a great primer actually for you yeah, know because, like the, the high-end one because like, yeah because mondai ryu uh yeah. yoshida and yamato were in this one yeah. together so it was a great primer but um yeah, it, it was lots of fun. Lots of uh, at this time, Doi and uh, Yamato were the Open the Twin Gate champions. So it yeah. it was it was I like that because it was like, oh, they're Twin Gate champions. There's no way the unit's just gonna lose. Yeah. So that's a nice little wrinkle to throw out there. Uh, th like the common theme for these disbandments matches is just gonna be the excellence of Susumu Yokosuka and yes. how good he is at 
being the baby face in peril and making his comeback. Yeah. Uh, because it came down to him mostly every time. Um, yes. And then, and then this one, he was up against both the Twin Gate champions. He got Doi out, and then it was him and Yamato. And Yamato was the de facto leader of Mad Blanky at the time. Um, and it looked like things weren't looking too good until Kness turned on Mad Blanky to join Jimmy's. And the kayfabe reason for this is uh Kness really liked his time in Mad Blanky. He didn't hate the unit or anything, but whenever he sees Susumu in trouble, his body acts on its own. So he had to go save Susumu. And uh yeah, yeah. It was uh, already crying, and then you threw that in there. Yeah, wow. yeah. That that's the kayfabe reasoning. And uh that's also the reasoning for his uh, retirement match where he was like, he's not 100% to do a match, but when he's next to Susumu, he believes his body can do things that he can't control. So um, so in this match, Kness turns and then it ends up with Mad Blanky disbanding. And uh, it was a really nice moment with Kaneska reuniting and Jimmy's accepting, almost all accepting of Kness, except... Naoki Tanazaki, Mr. QQ Tanaoka Dolphin, if you will. Uh, he was not accepting of this, which Tanazaki is one of the ones in the Jimmy's runs who was like a him and Kondo were like the bastards of the unit. Like everybody else were like fun baby faces, but those two were the bastards of the unit, pretty okay. obviously. Um, and he just took exception to that. And um, so he kind of stormed off and eventually. Uh, Tenazaki turned on them to join Berserk, which leads us into the next year, which Berserk challenges Jimmy's to a losing unit must disband match. But Berserk in this match that we watched is a lot different from the original Berserk. So Berserk in the original, they formed like on the house show loop, like a couple of days after the match we had just talked about uh, with uh, Yamato and Doi. They joined forces with Katoka and Shingo Takagi, who recently turned heel, and they formed the original Berserk, and Naoki Tanazaki ended up joining Yoshida, Mandaryu. But over time, things changed, and then it ended up with, you know, Yamato ends up getting booted from the unit during the all Berserk uh, Dead or Alive cage match, where they all end up turning on him, and then... Right. Maria, BB Hulk, and KZ save him to join uh, to start Tribe Vanguard. Uh, Doi ends up getting booted from the unit, which leads to him uh, starting Maximum with uh, Masato Yoshino later on. Uh, Mondaryu, I believe at this time, had broken his neck on a shooting star press, so he had been out for quite a while, so they needed to revamp the group. Tanazaki ended up leaving Dragon Gate to freelance. Um so L. Lindemann and T-Hawk had joined, which L. Lindemann and T-Hawk, uh, T-Hawk was originally a member of the Millennials, uh, which was him, UT, and Ida Kobayashi, renamed to Ida. Uh, they had went to Mexico. Well, there was this tournament called King of Chop, and the prize for King of Chop would be a excursion to Mexico. The finals were Ida and T-Hawk. Ida won, but T-Hawk still ended up going to Mexico anyway. And Yuta Tanaka uh, ended up, he had just came out the dojo and he was about to make his debut. But Ida was like, hey, you like if you should come to Mexico with us and I'll like go tell the office right now, uh, you should just come to Mexico. It'll be good for you. And uh, Yuta Tanaka agreed and uh, Ida went and alerted the Yeah. <laughs> Ida yeah. went and alerted the office. Uh, he was like, hey, he's going to come to Mexico with us, uh, which led to Yuta being renamed to UT and those three becoming the core trio of the millennials. Uh, 
and they had a lot of hype vignettes along the way uh before they eventually came back together and uh they started they entered in a hot unit warfare situation at the time you had jimmy's mad blanky monster express or itachi veteran goon it was a very very hot battlefield but they were a wonderful unit to add uh yosuke santa maria who was formerly super shinlong uh revealed her true feelings for her classmate ita and she eventually entered the millennials uh they added luchadors flamita rocky robo and then kotoka and el lindeman joined on a cork and hall show where uh i think it was ut ida t hawk and maria facing uh mad blanky but mad blanky had they were like at this point mad blanky was like 10 members deep so like they were at a clear numbers disadvantage uh and then uh at the time uh yuka hayashi who eventually became el lindeman and katoka they joined the fray and they eventually earned their spots into the group after they beat mad blanky after returning dr muscle who had just won a tournament to win the open the brave gate championship had revealed himself to be mad blanky member casey who had left the group to join d hearts in his first face turn and i want to say at the time it was over a decade i'm pretty positive uh and it just it just sparked off into chaos but mad blanky did end up uh disbanding the millennials in a multi-unit survival match um over the time uh, a lot of the blame got placed on t-hawk for the millennials ending up disbanding since he lost the deciding fall and he was the de facto leader uh t-hawk and ida floated for a bit uh t-hawk ended up joining monsters express whenever shingo takagi went and found berserk ida joined over generation so did el lindeman el lindeman had a cape by the way i think that's very important to note. uh over generation okay, big that as well oh over generation big cape guys i just want everybody to know that um, you know i like a cape yeah uh maria ended up in tri vanguard but el lindeman fell in love with maria so maria used him while she was open the brave gate champion and eventually he wanted to join tri vanguard to be with maria but yamato told maria no and she had to turn on him so she did and that turned a little evil to go join berserk um t hawk ended up turning on monster express also joining berserk and that Mm -hmm. led us to where we are okay so in this match it was shingo takagi uh t hawk what do you think about shingo's camo jorts what do you what do you think about those (laughs) I that's the most dad looking outfit I saw. <laughs> Honestly, I was genuinely just too distracted by a Lindeman because I mean mm-hmm. this is an era I have not seen him in and the face paint yeah. and yeah. Damn, that was uh yeah, that was that was different. Um Shingo Shingo was Shingo. I'd seen a few. I think Shingo's mm-hmm. probably him and uh Mochizuki the only guys that I had really seen any matches of mm-hmm. before i started watching dragon gate this autumn so i kind of maybe i hadn't maybe this wasn't a total surprise to me yeah um, which t-hawk and this was a surprise to me yeah like t- i guess i hadn't realized quite how much the guy yeah he which, had which i'll talk about t-hawk after we finish this up because i mean there's a lot of a lot of opinions from dragon gate fans on t-hawk but i i will give you my antidote on everything but um yeah. In this match, it was Shingo Takagi, Cyber Kong, L. Lindemann, T-Hawk, and was it Punch? It was Punch. Punch was in there. Punch being in these matches will never cease to amaze me. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jimmy's, of course, it was the remaining members. Jimmy Kondo, Jimmy Susumu, Jimmy. uh, No, Jimmy Kagator wasn't in this because he defended the Brave Gate earlier in the night. So Jimmy 
Jimmy Kness, uh, JKS, uh, Saito Jimmy Rio, and Genki Horiguchi, H.A.G. Me, which Jimmy's came out in their famous war paint. And uh, this was this is my favorite unit losing unit must disband match of them all, just because this felt like all of them had high stakes, but this one felt like an actual war. And like the finishing stretch with Susumu really leaving it all out there and T-Hawk having to mercy kill him and give him everything he has is just a very, very fitting finish. And of course, them trying to take apart the ring was crazy because we had a main event after this and I don't know why they did that. But <laughs> That was crazy and it was so fast. It was like, yeah. I've seen uh, Dash Chisiko stack chairs. Yeah. It was like, crazy that. fast. Like that was like this. It was just like, hell, the ring is gone. Yeah. There are yeah. no ropes. Yeah, which uh, uh, they had a lot of barbed wire boards. Uh, Bob, Shingo bought a barbed wire bat because he's big old Nita guy. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, uh, but they all had like their names on their barbed wire weapons, yeah. which are like, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Love that. They they gotta let each other know who's is who's. They <laughs> they don't remember. Uh, which the Jimmys they put on a good fight. Uh, one of the underlying mvps of these jimmy's unit losing units must disband's match other than susmu is saito saito's always excellent in his uh stretches they give him in this yes. uh of course genki as well genki's always great in these type of matches uh which he has another one where he has a lot of good moments i got a lot uh, of appreciation from like watching this series of genki like yeah. I, especially in the first one like i've never seen a crowd go so crazy for a backslide like so Dude, loud. a backslide over that's like incredible <laughs> um no but um yeah they, they did a lot here um i'm trying not to go over all the eliminations just because that that could get boring after a while but um it came down to a point where it was the top two of Berserk, uh shingo and t-hawk uh against susmu and looks like susmu's dead to rights but of course susmu's able to pull it out as he only he can he gets shingo out Leaves him and T Hawk, and he has a lot of moments where it looks like he might pull it away, but T Hawk mercy kills him, gives him the um, the night ride on the stack of chairs, he hits him with the knee, he does everything, and he he just finally puts him away, and then like as soon as the three count happens, the the energy from the room is just sucked out of it. All the members of Jimmy's are outside crying, and it's just like the villains just this did what it needed to do was get this unit over as these guys are the most evil dudes alive yeah, uh sure. it, it, it was excellent um which they do get a jimmy's the final match in corican hall where they get to have one last hurrah against okay. berserk yeah. and in this mat in that match jimmy Conda turns on them to join berserk so oh, <laughs> no he joins berserk and um uh basically you know shingo t hulk they're all talking shit they're like oh nobody's gonna help you now and of course the open the dream gate champion at the time masaki mochizuki was like well we're not gonna have any of that on my watch <laughs> so it leads to susumu and genki uh and a lot of the other members challenging for championships um i believe kanda takes the brave gate from kagatora uh whenever he joins berserk um but Genki and Susumu kind of stick together and challenge for a bunch of championships. They don't get it done. And then they eventually join up with KZ and Natural Vibes after uh, the then Antius tried to course him into joining. He was just like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> um, what I re really liked about this, mm -hmm. this match was like, I'm never sure when 
like no DQ matches or extreme matches are done in a promotion that that's not their thing because mm -hmm. it's just like very tokenistic or like they don't mm -hmm. really know what they're doing. This was this was like deathmatch style thinking about how to use the weapons. Like they were using them for real reasons. They were using suspense properly. Like it was actually really artful. <laughs> Hardcore matches are an art if you do them correctly uh the problem with most of them now is a lot of people don't approach them as such they're just like i'll just use weapons and stuff i'm like that's not it um this, this was right this is how you do it right and yeah. you bring the drama kind of thing yeah which uh t-hawk uh he's an interesting case uh throughout dragon gate because he was definitely the guy they had pegged to be the next guy except um he had the same problems that kota Minora has now where wasn't comfortable on the mic and he's just, the charisma didn't quite come quite yet i mean now he's like full of it but it just wasn't there quite yet he'd won king of gate multiple times and every time he lost and like whenever he beat doy when fans wanted doy to get that big run and uh challenge for the dream gate he probably should have beat yoshino there but it didn't happen um and eventually they leave whenever strong cards breaks apart from dragon gate and leaves off uh, t hawk and lindeman gave similar reasons essentially saying they'd done everything that they had could and okay. it made sense because now l lindeman's the face of a company and he probably wouldn't have been that in dragon gate and then t hawk has grown leaps and bounds since then so them yeah. leaving worked out for everybody but it's just like t hawk was the original menorah where they wanted him to be there too soon when he wasn't quite ready instead of bringing him along slowly which now with menorah they've kind of corrected that and it's like all right let's chill let him figure things out a bit yeah like i watched the i think the first millennials match mm -hmm. obviously like trying to watch every ut match i can find mm -hmm. um and just like immediately how clearly high they were on him as a guy mm -hmm. it's oh yeah yeah, so interesting, like, seeing so many years later and still being there, but obviously he's not the guy. He's not at the top of the company. He's just, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. But, but still, his stock is still pretty high now. It's definitely higher than it was before. Um, but, yeah, uh, so that brings us to the most recent losing unit must disband match, which was in 2020 at uh, the final gate with Torimon Generation versus R.E.D., which, let me get a drink here. Ah, so at uh, Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival that year, uh, Hio had won a battle royal where you essentially got a wish. Uh, you got anything you wanted. And Hio, uh, on one of the Corican halls leading up to Final Gate, said his wish is he wanted the Toymon generation to disband. And every member of the Toymon generation uh, took exception mainly Genki was like nah he was like you can't do that he's like Torimon generation we're not just a unit we're family we are the foundation of Dragon Gate from Ultimo Dragon Gym till now and uh it was like if you really want to take us out you're gonna have to do it by force if that's okay with the teacher and they ask Ultimo Ultimo's like you gotta do what you gotta do go ahead so Genki was the one that kind of set the line up to this match he was like I'm gonna be there Dragon Kid's going to be there. Susumu's going to be there. Yoshino and Doi, they're going to be there. We're, we're going to defend Toriyama with everything we have. And um, this, this was a really, really fun match, uh, which I believe this was Kikuda's first big match in R.E.D. Um, this, is, this was the year where Kento went on an absolute 
tear and just didn't lose for a long, long time. Um, He didn't like his first loss wasn't until the following year um, to uh, Dragon Kid, I believe, Um, which this the you know, the generation war was very a very botched angle, but the ending to this with uh this you know losing unit must disband match was really, really good. So uh if there was one good thing to come for it was this match because it was like the Toymon guys knew how to build this match to be bigger than may it may appear with how the build has been. Uh because I mean it, it's true. They're they're not a unit. They are a generation of students from of Ultimo Dragon. Uh, and they are the foundation of Dragon Gate, so it's like, okay, they can make you feel something that this is important to them. Yeah, and of course, RED's a uh, terrorizing unit, uh, probably the most successful Dragon Gate Hill unit, in my opinion. Uh, Ida's leadership was uh, one to behold. They at one point they held like every title in the company on multiple occasions. Um, but uh, at this time, this is when uh, they had like lost most of the belts, and they were kind of floating for a bit. Uh, so they ga- they came in here, and boy, did and this was also leading up to Yoshino's retirement. So this was kind of a last hurrah with his classmates for him as well. So uh, everybody came out in their big match look, uh, Genki with his uh, heel look, uh, Susumu with the Yokosuka jumper, uh, blue eyes Yoshino, silver haired Doi. Everybody came out in their big match. They made it feel big. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I love everything about this. Uh, the ending is like so good, but like I said, going back to Genki, dude got a backslide over, and he, <laughs> uh, so, so his regular bla- uh, backslide finishes the backslide from heaven. Uh, what makes it the backslide from hell is whenever he uses the mist beforehand. That's the backslide <laughs> from hell. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, whenever he was a heel, his theme song was "Go to Hell," and then now as a face it's go to heaven so it's okay. it's play on those yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah dude got a backslide oh that's crazy but um it's it's incredible and it's incredible to like hear the reactions of that you know? yeah but <laughs> this was still hardcore lockdown pandemic and the yeah. crowd were really getting into it uh which yeah. i i like to ju- uh we all made a joke whenever this match was going on. i was like this match is only happening because Eden wants to do deathmatch stuff and go into barbed wire and that's why this is happening <laughs> and sure enough as soon as somebody brought a barbed wire board who went through it Eda, of course <laughs> <laughs> you know i almost felt sorry for him but i'm sure he had a good time no nah, he had a blast he he probably <laughs> volunteer was like somebody's got to go through this he was like nope say no more I got, this. <laughs> I got this yeah i mean it totally got stuck to him as well it looked pretty yeah. uncomfortable this, this did have a different feel because of the kind of clap only stuff which yeah. was it was kind of weird for me coming into it because i just come off the other two yeah. and obviously like the love for jimmy's is very very loud and then coming into this which is a lot quieter and like the clap era has not really bothered me it hasn't changed like how i watch mm-hmm. wrestling i really like how people have adapted to it but then watching this historically and seeing like that different feel, but I guess almost like the ending of this match, you would have had silence, like you would have had gaps from people like putting their hands over their mouth. So it almost kind of really worked for the fact that people couldn't scream. The um, tension was so high uh, with this match going on because they couldn't make noise. So like everything hit home harder than say it would with a ruckus crowd. Cause usually you just be like, Oh my God, listen to that crowd this you kind of had to pay attention to every little thing going on and it made for that ending stretch with kento and kid being so much more with kento ripping the mask off his 
face basically his whole face is exposed dragon kids the student the pupil of ultimo dragon so he's got to defend this with all his life but he just can't because uh this brass super rookies had belittled him to the point so where he's unstoppable and you know that's incredible and it was like i i wasn't as sold on this match to start off because it's it's slower like yeah it takes it's a, a while lot to slower off. Mm-hmm. and honestly like early on in this match it was like you know doi's out there whipping people like you've you've got um sb kento and uh, kikuda like there's a lot of ass mm-hmm. i was like this is a horny match like this mm-hmm. is, you're making me watch a horny match um and then like ada goes out i'm like oh shit what's gonna happen now like anything feels mm-hmm. like anything is about to happen now and then when we got to that final bit when the mask is ripped and kid is just like i i don't know the referee in this but his reaction is insanely good I think it like, was that's Yagi. what should happen mm-hmm. when a mask gets ripped off like he looks like sick and upset and like embarrassed for him like it's I think genuinely it was, like uh... Ripped naked and he still has to fight for his life. I think it was Yagi because Yagi is also an Ultimo Dragon Gym guy. So I think it was Yagi. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Which um, Kento wins. And then like the Toriyama generation are just like disheveled because I mean, although this unit hasn't been together long, they're like I said, they're more than a unit. They, they're classmates of years and years. And um, Susumu is the one who, uh, has the statement of which uh this is this i want to make i want to point out this statement because it's fun whenever we fast forward to yoshino's retirement um susuma makes the statement of the torimon generation is over uh they play out the torimon theme as they all exit they do their farewell and then with uh yoshino has his retirement show uh the next year uh brother yashi kondo and owashi reappear together and they challenge for the triangle gate and uh Yashu's like, I want to win the title on the night that uh, my uh, Doki's retiring. And then Owashu was like, I'm, we're going to show Yoshino that our Torimon generation will not be over. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of hidden heavy stuff. Um, but uh, after this, this leads to this basically leads to the formation of high end uh, with Kid and Yamato because um, the Dragon Gate generation disbands at the end of the year. Uh, and Susumu and Genki reappear in the ring when KZ's like just sh- like in the ring defeated and told him like hey we should get back together and all that uh which uh the build this led into one of the cage matches that was just like kind of eh with a uh, Kai Yamato Kid and Kento uh it, it just felt very very rushed but the build was really good with Kento having the uh, magazine cover with Kid's mask like off his face and then it was like yeah you remember this he was like, wow. oh, he was like, I brought you down to being what you are, a little old man. And, you know, kid gets his revenge in the end. It, it, it's nice, but yeah. which uh, that brings us to the final disbandment match, which is the one recently uh, with uh, High End and Friends versus Zebrats. So the rules of this match uh, before we start is every member of Zebrats is eligible for this match and every member of High End is eligible Diamante and Kagatora are out hurt, so it's high end and friends, which is Yoshida and Monaru versus uh it was four on five originally because it's Hulk, Kai, Shun, Ishin, and Hio. Yeah. Uh and immediately after the build to this was like Mondaru and Yoshida were really taken out Z Brats. So like 
they had been their foils and then immediately they get taken out and then like Yamato and Dragon Kid are getting stomped and then Kagator's music hit he returns he comes in he cleans house he brings everything down and that that was my favorite moment of the match I was like oh yeah I was like all right now we're getting good because the the tension is back up and Kagator is so good it, it's ugh, Kagator is so fucking good anyway um so they bring it down uh kid eventually gets out and then it's uh hulk and shun uh who had been teasing tension for a while and then yamato and uh kagatora you know they eventually get uh kagatora out and then shun and uh hulk miscommunicate with each other hulk gets out and it's down to yamato and skywalker and it's just like oh shit (laughs) 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 um which they have a they have a really really good finishing stretch and eventually Skywalker puts him away and gets the win, which I don't think that finish was never in doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, while this was very, very light in terms of losing unit must disband, must disband match stakes, like we have watched in the previous three, they brought that back up at the end of this. Uh, whenever uh, they're beating down high end, they're holding, uh, I think it was Yamato in place for a final flash, and then Hulk final flashes Kai kicks out the other members and then he's just like grabs the mic he tells shun that he's he was finally sick of him he's like miscommunications happen in wrestling that's just a part of it grow up if you can't get over it um and he realized shun couldn't get over it so he's done with zebrats and he was like for all my hulkamaniacs i'm not gonna waste time i'm gonna tell you who my new friends are and then the gold class music hits here comes this lunatic ben k minora minorita they present hulk with the roses and bb hulk officially joins gold class and i was like oh this is perfect this is perfect yeah like the minute he puts the rose between his teeth you're like yes that is a fit we'll take that after they did the segment with them a few months ago i was like yeah i was like hulk would fit there if he ever does get kicked out of z brats because i didn't think kai and hulk would last this long in z brats considering it was more of a young guy group but uh Hulk going there was really really good because Zebrats did need I mean not Zebrats uh Gold Class did need a veteran uh whenever it looked like they had reached their final form with Doi Minora Minorita and Ben K Doi ends up going freelance so they needed that last piece because you can only go so far as a trio yeah uh so it was a it was a nice change and of course uh you know high end closes out Kagatora is like you know we didn't do much together but uh he thinks Yamato was a good leader and he wants Yamato to continue to be at the top of Dragon Gate, no matter if he's in the unit battlefield or not. Uh, which after the show, Yamato was just like, I'm not going to join any unit right now because he wants to go do more overseas stuff uh, to promote Dragon Gate. And he doesn't want to leave his unit behind like that couple month period where Dragon Kid was fighting on his own because he was over in America doing stuff. He don't want he doesn't want to. He says if he wants to be in a unit, he wants to be fully committed to it. So he doesn't want to do that right now. Um, which going into the next show, uh, Kagator, Yamato, and Dragon Kid all are wearing their high end gear. And the story that they went with is they only packed one set of gear because they didn't plan on losing, so they have to just live with it and wear the high end gear. So that's, that's, that's pretty cute. That's pretty cute. Yeah, I don't know. This was all very neat though, right? Like, yeah, everything got wrapped up. You had the leaders finishing it out. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to worry about Shun and um, Hulk carrying on anything afterwards like it was it was a pretty neat wrap up both for high end and the you know zebrats so it did its job but it, it was interesting like what 
watching that before then watching all these incredibly dramatic yeah. anything can happen crazy yeah. emotional and I you know I knew the outcomes of those matches because obviously like you know that one followed the other and any which units were gonna not be there but mm -hmm. um this mm -hmm. was predictable ultimately yeah no it was like never a doubt that zebras was gonna lose the only doubt would be if hulk and shun just couldn't get along which they still did that but they wrapped that up at the end which was good because yeah. uh zebras really didn't need to disband especially after they had just hit a groove now with ishan joining and all that well, this was great for ishan actually this match was really good for him like what he got you know, to as well like he you know, had some good time in the ring. a lot of young wrestlers need a change of scenery to grow. It just so happens that Ishan at his best is being a dickhead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. It's so perfect. For him. I'm happy for him. Also, I, I really like long pants here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like uh, Ishan's whole story of joining Zebrats. Is he he hates his family because they just pawned him off to the Mochizuki family and bowed down to them after they beat him uh he thought it was weak and then like a week ago he's posting a picture with his brother ricky with the belt he's like i hated joint i hated debuting as a tag team with my brother and then like a week ago he's like posting pictures with his brother holding the belt he retired and it's, just, it's funny yeah he's, he's a funny guy yeah um so getting to the uh second day uh they did back-to-back -back cork and shows of course uh the kick off the match they this is a crazy match to kick off the show uh Dragon Kid and Ito versus D-Courage, Dragon Dai, and Madoka Kikuda, which everybody in this match, well, the three out of the four people in this match are all linked because Ita and Dragon Dai are both Dragon Kid's sons, and Kikuda is just also here. He's, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he doesn't have that same love, but. Hey, it was weird seeing him in RD, like, in the, like. Dog, that the, hair. Yeah, he's so much fun now like he seems really happy and uh... yeah his heel run wasn't really good it, it there's this singles match with him and ben k and it was like one of the worst matches of i think it was 2021 that happened and it was terrible oh but uh yeah he's he's gotten leaps and bounds better since then he's much more suited as a face uh it, it was fun in this match because like oh dragon kids teaming with his evil son to face his good child so <laughs> Ida just won the GNC Junior Tag Title, so he just wants his applause. He wants everybody to clap for him, his big accomplishments. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really liked the stuff with uh, Kid and Daya, of course, which that'll lead to something later. But mm -hmm. uh, lots lots of fun. I expected Kikuda and Daya to win, but no, they went with Kid and Ida winning, which I ain't got a problem with that. Sure, do what you do. It was a hot opener. This is. This is one of those Dragon Gate openers that defines what Dragon Gate is because the opening spot is probably the most important spot on the card because you set the tone for the night. Mm -hmm. And uh, all four of these guys class. So it's like, you know, yeah. they, they're going to come out here and do their thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't start slow. No. Oh, no. It's, no, you can't. Nice. You can't have a bad start to the show because it'll lead to bad stuff later on. So it's like, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so we get into the second match of the night, which is Natural Vibes is Big Ball Shimizu, Jackie Funky Kame, and Jason Lee versus Genki Horiguchi, Hoho Moon, and Kagatora. This was so much fun because it was just a Kagatora showcase, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm here for it. We're cooking." Yeah, I, I, I had because I hadn't really seen him, seen him either. Um, but also, I mean, Shimizu had a great time. Like he was so happy in this match. <laughs> this is where this was the show that he came out and they got the camera and he did his road dog impression. He was like, "Twin Gate Tag Team Champion of the World." <laughs> 
Big Ball Shimizu loves 90s and 80s rest, Western wrestling. I don't, <laughs> he just does. That's yeah. just what he does. Yeah, you got to love that stuff when somebody's like a, a real fan of something. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. His favorite wrestlers are Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. I can't wait till his phase of not bumping for anybody. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, but it was a lot of fun. Like I said, it was a category showcase. This undercard was a lot of fun to set you up for the dramatic main event. Uh, yeah. So that's why there's not too much to talk about within these, because uh, it's really just setting you up for the dramatic main event. Yeah. And I think once we, you know, once we had the tournament kind of stuff announced, yeah. like that, it's like still from, a set for that. From, so. the tor- from the tournament announcement up until, let's see, from the tournament mount- announcement up, it was just like, all right, now they're building up to that main, so... Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we had M3K, Susumu Mochizuki, and Yasushi Kana versus Punch Tomonaga and Takashi Yoshida, which this was just here to get a Susumu and Kanda win, and I'm, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. That's, that's-, <laughs> that's the story of most Punch Tomonaga matches is, you know, they're here, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was weird seeing Punch in a, you know, disbands match. I was like, oh, he's here. Yeah. And, and also, it took him a while to go out. <laughs> Hey, yeah, the <laughs> punch is an enigma. If you're now getting in a dragon gate, he's an enigma. Uh, during my like, it, it shocked me when I figured out he was a former open the brave gate champion. I was like, how? <laughs> uh, but you know, it's whatever. That's Shingo's things favorite learn, wrestler. That's Shingo's favorite wrestler, so it's whatever. <laughs> Uh, then we get to the next match, which was the lead-in to the announcements, but I'll save the announcements till after we talk about the main event. Uh, we had Don Fuji, Naruki Doi, Suji Kondo, and Yamato versus the combination fusion of Class of 2021 and Class of 2022. Uh, it was Yoshiki Kato, Kaito Nagano, who is now a footballer, uh, open the Brave Gate champion, Minorita, and Ryu Fuda. I don't really know why they decided to make Kaito Nagano a soccer player, but, you know, he's having a good time, so. Well, see, this is how I find out that Doi had a baseball gimmick, so. Yeah, second yeah. Doi. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Um, I don't know. Like, I quite like that his friend is a football. It's pretty cute. Um, I don't know how well this is going to work long term. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Jay was on commentary because he had to clarify. I was like, yeah, so Kaito Nagano does not have a soccer background. I don't know why he's doing this. <laughs> um, but uh, it was funny because he had debuted with his new gear and he has like a little belt uh, to hold up his shorts. And since when he posted on Twitter, he was like, the belt was too big. It annoyed me. So I made him take it off and I cut it in half and sewed it to a better size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some is everybody's mom. Yeah, he's just like, no, it annoyed me. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, uh, he also fixed, fixed Mochi's collar that week, I believe. So uh, yeah, he yeah. he's got his sewing machine with him at every show. So he he's he's on the call. <laughs> he's on the call. Uh, I don't think I love. I don't think there's like very few things I love more than Don Fuji and Shuji Kondo beating up rookies. It brings me so much joy. It, I don't know. It just makes me so happy inside. Mostly because I love Suji Kondo, but something about him smiling while he's beating up these wrestlers who haven't even been wrestling for a year is just really fun. Yeah, there's like a very wholesome element to it somehow. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> and like, Kondo. I, so I knew Fuji from Mochi Fuji and um, 
a little bit in a soccer pro. Um, so like seeing him now is obviously quite different. And I love it when he gets a chance to go. I, I love when he faces rookies because he just beats on them. <laughs> <It's fair. laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Rio Fuda is um is somebody who I hope they figure out a place for this year because he's had a lot of setbacks, but he's been working hard to get back and get into uh, the normal swing of things. Hopefully they find a place for him. Problem is, I don't really know where that place is necessarily. Uh, it seems like all the units are kind of, you know, stocked up right now. Uh, ideally, uh, I mean, because like, I, I mean, you can keep the rookies together, but Food is not a not really a rookie anymore because he was in Minorita's class, Fujiwara's class. Uh, I thought they were going to have him join gold class at one point, but with Tolkien, they're probably just going to stick to those four. Uh, D. Kirsch taking him under his wing, under their wing, might be a good shout as well, uh, since they're just a trio right now, just to give him some direction, uh, because that's what he needs more than anything is some direction. He needs something. It's interesting to me watching Dragon Gate rookies, obviously, as opposed to formerly having watched Noah or New Japan and oh, kind of going, this is these crazy. guys incredible talent. This is crazy because I think it was Seal that just mentioned this to me. The New Japan class of like 2017 are like currently on excursion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you have guys debuting getting wins here mm. and who do genuinely look like they deserve it and like they're incredible. Minorita is a singles champion and he debuted like a year and a half ago. Yeah. But I'm also like, does that then create a problem? Because you do get a backup of guys who should be ready to move on and do something, but you don't necessarily have a place for them. Yeah. It creates, it creates a real sink or swim dynamic, uh, but it also gives them something to work towards seeing their classmates succeed it kind of lights a fire under them uh i would say because um of course there there's no rush for them to be good immediately uh because they're young they got all the time in the world to be good so it's whatever um that's why like fujiwara being sent to mexico is no big deal because he's got his whole career ahead of him so although he was a highlight on the undercard it's like whatever go get polished up and then come back and do whatever Uh, it kind of makes like I'm thinking about like guys don't get personalities in other companies so early on and these guys are getting personalities but equally if you're in the kind of company where ultimately you have to maintain like a fairly solid personality despite moving through Mm -hmm. very different units very different like long-term relationships with people like that makes sense like get your opportunity to do that straight off if you grow and learn from that then you're just growing and learning that's a really good story yeah and with most pro companies, which I think is a big problem, if you look at like the uh, companies like Noah and New Japan, is a lot of the characters you see are like age old, all or tough guys who just wrestle. You can't just survive on that in Dragon Gate. You have to have your own unique personality that's different from everybody else, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a gimmick. You just have to have something about you that hit that connects with the audience in a different way that the others do. Like mic skills seem to be more important or like that ability mm-hmm. to put yourself across. Yes, because it's a storytelling company. You got to be able to talk. Uh, that's why T-Hawk didn't succeed. That's why Menorah had to have the brakes put on him. Is if you can't talk, there's really, it's really hard for you to succeed if you can't talk. Yeah. Especially if they want to push you as a big star. You got to be able to talk. 
which uh the class uh the combined classes lose of course uh with a lot of doyama offense in this as well mm-hmm. um which kato i think kato's probably gonna get it he's probably gonna have a big year although nagano's got the gimmick and all that kato's probably gonna be the one that gets pushed the most out of this current crop although mochi jr's already been champ and all that because mm-hmm. kato's already like he had like one or two matches and then he just started winning yeah. so he's probably ready to go uh, which this past class is really fun because you have Mochi Jr., Nagano, and then you have Kato and Nishikawa, who are bigger guys, but Nishikawa hasn't even debuted in Japan yet. He's over in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it, this is a really fun class. I'm very interested to see how this class takes shape. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Natural Vibes tag team of KZ and Strong Machine J versus father and son Masaki Mochizuki and Mochizuki Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, of course, Mochizuki, Mochizuki family squabble is always uh, fun. Uh, yeah. Masaki, they're over here beating the brakes off Junior, and Masaki's like, hey, 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 and then Junior's like, I got this. It's okay. It's you cool. Back off, Dad. And he's like, all right, I guess. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I love I love Mochi family's drama, and I love that we're gonna have an opportunity to kind of see that play out. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz it makes me very happy um cuz you know also, like he's just trying to do the best for his son and sometimes that includes watching him getting beat up yeah um, and i also love that whenever strong machine j is in the ring with mochizuki junior he's like i will tear you apart limb from limb i just want you to know that yes i feel like uh he's probably the next guy i'm going to get a bit obsessed with because obviously you know currently we've got mochi junior ishin Mm-hmm. as like the guys who are about their families and the generation type thing and then you've got jay right there like as you know second generation there's some really interesting stuff and he's doing like he looked great in this and i got quite oh, yeah. i was like oh, okay yeah. he's a great fit for natural vibes because he's his style is so different from everybody else and i think that's what makes vibes like interesting because jason casey and jackie their styles are all a bit similar but Big Boss is a powerhouse, so that makes him stand out. Jay is really, really aggressive and works that old school Showa era style like his dad does. So it makes him stand out immediately. And then UT, of course, utilizes uh, Yave, which a lot of the current people in Dragon Gate don't really use because there was a period where they didn't really send people to Mexico. And when they did go to Mexico, a lot of them didn't try to work a uh, Yave style. Uh, like him and Ida are probably the last true two to try to go and learn Yave. Uh, which we'll see how you know Kento, Fujiwara, yeah. and Australia do whenever they're back. Maybe they've yeah. learned something, but uh, I think that's what makes him such a good fit for Vibes because Jay's just such a stark contrast from everybody else in the group. That mm-hmm. and because like before his whole career had been about oh he's the son of Super Strong Machine, so he's got that to live up to. Now it's just like we just want him to be Strong Machine Jay, and we just want him to succeed. So it's up to him to do whatever. Yeah, and I, I kind of really like that as a contrast to the other where the other two are right now because they're still mm-hmm. trying to find themselves. But he's kind of found himself, and I yeah. I would really like to see that. Which uh, yeah, in his interview with uh, Issa, uh, Jay was just like, "Yeah, KZ saved me because he was just like, we don't want the super son, the son of Super Strong Machine. We want you to be Strong Machine, Jay, and carve out your own path." Yeah. So uh, he's doing that, and it sucks that UT's injured because he's probably would have teamed with Jay and uh, Ray De Parejas. Uh, yeah. which uh, we'll get to because I have a lot of opinions about him teaming up with Strong Machine F because 
it kind of drags him back down to that off uh, back into the straw machine thing and i just you know but uh they do get the win because straw machine jade puts junior in the dirt <laughs> yeah this was uh, this is great <laughs> actually yeah. i really enjoyed this <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this uh, next match as well. Uh, Gold Class worked a bit uh, baby faces here. Uh, it was Ben K, BB Hulk, and Kota Minora versus Hio, Ishin, and Kai. And as soon as Zebrats walked out, you could tell they were going to destroy Hulk. You saw the looks on their faces. Yeah. They were not happy. <laughs> I think the one that stuck out the most to me is Hio because Hio just had this scowl on his face. Like, Same. Same. And he Ishin too. Like bad. Kai... Kai's just a funny man, but Ishin and Hyo, they were just so straight-faced. They were like, all right. And they, like, beat on Hulk this entire match. And it set up for two really good babyface comebacks from both Ben and Kota. Uh, I enjoyed this way more than I did when I originally watched it because I was like, wow, they're actually setting up for some really good comebacks here. Mm -hmm. um, in which I believe it was Ishin on Twitter who said uh, before the show, the only target is Hulk. Uh, so they weren't really worried about the other members. Um, mm -hmm. But that came to bite him in the end because Hulk gets the one with the first flash. And then afterwards, Hulk was like, oh, uh, Ishin, Kai, y'all Triangle Gate champions, right? Well, let me, Ben, and Koda challenge, yeah. uh, which they had no choice but to accept. And that's happening this weekend on Sunday, I believe, which I expect them to win there, which honestly, they probably should. Uh, I don't know if it's interesting because... Mm, I mean, we'll talk about the main event and, you know, I, you know, I have my opinions on double champions because, but I, I really liked uh, this Triangle Gate team of Ishin, Shun, and uh, Kai together. Yeah. But I do think Gold Class needs belts, especially Koda and Ben, how well they've gelled together. And uh, mm -hmm. this is going to be a career revitalization for Hulk. I, I, they should probably take the belts. But I don't know. This is one of the ones where I'm just like, ha, ah, I like both. I can't, yeah. I, I can't pick a side. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm kind of, because it's either that or then they have to be in a really good position in the tags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Which when we talk about the tag. I thought the tag league teams were going to be totally different, but we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, then we get to the main event. Open the Dreamgate Championship. Yuki Yoshioka versus Shun Skywalker, which earlier that day, Yuki Yoshioka got to hang out with his idol, Hiroshi Tanahashi, before uh, his defense this day. Uh, which that's actually why Yoshioka does the frog splashes because of Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, I did not know that. Yes, that's his, that's his favorite wrestler. Okay. Uh, which, uh, funnily enough, I think it was it was either Shoe Pro or Pro Wrestling DX because I don't think it was Tokyo Sports, but one of them compared him to Hiroshi Tanahashi when he won the uh, Open the Dream Gate Championship because they thought he was going to be similar to Tanahashi raising up New Japan from the ashes and i mean they were kind of right so uh, uh it was a nice oh, little comparison that's um sh this match oh uh yuki had been operating at a super high level throughout his entire title run mm -hmm. but this was the perfect cap off to it because it was so so good like these two they were roommates in mexico they went on excursion together and i mean Yuki was a big part of why Masquerade fell apart, uh, which I wrote a whole article about it. But uh, mm -hmm. whenever Daya said he thought Daya Inferno was Yoshioka, Shun told Daya he was crazy. He didn't think that's what Yuki went to Mexico to do. And he doesn't believe that. And then, of course, you know, it ended up being Yuki and all that. So mm -hmm. a lot of Psychopath Shun's downfall was because of Yoshioka and his 
desire to protect his friend, even if he didn't know he was actually, you know, targeting a member of his unit, yada, yada. Um, this was so good because they, they absolutely brought it. They left everything out there. Like they did, I don't think they could have put together a better match than this because they did everything. And I loved it because Yuki eventually hit a wall where Shun just Shun had evolved into this character where he had taken all this punishment, but it wasn't enough because he was just this monster now. And Yuki just did everything he could and he had no answer for how to kill this guy. And that eventually is what led to Shun putting him away and taking the Dreamgate title from him. Uh it was in like it was such a good moment because like Shun's a pretty popular guy, but like as soon as he won, like it was just like a real like like earlier with the this man's match air sucked out of the room moment where everybody's just like ah dang yeah. he, he lost and and uh when shun it's even worse from like shun's cutting his promo and it's just like this villain has taken over the top of the card because uh he's over here talking about how he's gonna you know eliminate the weak from dragon gate it's going to be under his law and then you got die on the outside just looking destroyed because you just lost and it's and then you know shun's yelling it's and like there was a little uh picture of Hio afterwards when shun was talking and it was just like uh and somebody had mentioned like Hio was the one who brought shun and the zebrats he probably didn't think shun would evolve to this level of being chaotic and too powerful for even him to control yeah, there was an element of him looking, and yeah, yeah I, just, I saw that too. Uh, this it, was weird though for me because mm-hmm. for me this didn't land quite as much as the Yamato or the Mochi one. There is mm-hmm. way more like there's there's a mm-hmm. huge amount of weight on this, but it did feel yeah. to me like Shun won, and almost kind of like he didn't lose, but there was just nothing like he was gone. There was nothing left. Yeah, and Shun was still there because he is like this vessel and into which like yeah you know like you could right. throw anything yeah, and I, he's still there yeah i personally don't think this is uh yoshoka's best defense by any means uh mm-hmm. i like the mochi match i like the ida match i like the yamato match for different reasons um but yeah i i thought it was a perfect way to cap off his run because it was such a like yuki had did everything he could to try to take down shun but shun had just evolved into like you said this vessel and he just couldn't stop him like a black hole that you could just throw in and that kind of makes it really interesting i think in terms of like what now and like that element like you say if the air being sucked out of the room it's like oh shit no the bad guy won (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no but uh i enjoyed it and of course that makes shun the first double champion with the dreamgate since yamato was dreamgate and triangle gate champion a long time ago uh i want to say that was mad blanky era so that was a while ago about seven years ago um which, uh, looking back on Yoshioka's reign, uh, what a reign it was. The, the Dragon Gate needed a reign like his. Uh, he was probably the most unsuspecting person to be the guy and prove it, although he might not appoint himself as the guy. Like mm-hmm. he even said on Twitter that he failed. So uh, he'll just have to come back again. Um, although, fan, although fans were like, oh, no, 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 no. He was like, nah, I failed. So like, it, I think that even strengthens. It's weird because I think, him losing and going about it that way strengthen his case for being the ace because he doesn't believe he is yes it's a fun yes, dynamic it's such a good story 
he's like he like people are like people are so locked in that he's the ace and he's done great for this company and he's just like i failed so i failed my mission i i'm just not the ace that's really important though because i think the ace like kind of roots their pride in Mm -hmm. being able to lead that company if they can't Mm -hmm. do it then they don't have that anymore that's that's a really interesting position yeah he believes he's not the strongest in dragon gate anymore and that's a good story to have you have to have a a realist ace if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh like tanahashi i know it's like his idol or whatever but that's the best example like when tanahashi does his ace is high uh thing on new japan's website mm-hmm. you get so much insight to what his thought process is on the entire roster and all that like he can dissect this entire roster and tell you everything you need to know what his opinions are and all that and this just yeah. you need a realist ace like that yeah it's like that that alignment with the company and the person yeah. is so close yeah yeah i don't think you can have an ace that can be nothing but positive you have to point out the flaws of the company the wrestlers like in his aces high column uh, i was reading the one where he talked about no limit because i think they faced off in a tag league or something that he was talking about and he and they were like oh yeah no limit was a really good team he was like he's like yeah but here's the thing it was more of yujiro trying to spotlight his senior he wasn't selfish enough if he was selfish he he was if he was more selfish he would have gotten further but he was so focused on elevating his junior that it may it, it just made me not like them as a team because I wanted him to do more. <laughs> Essentially, like he does some really almost like quite you can cold t- analysis. You can tell he's a pro, he's a Muto student because he's just like he's not selfish enough. He was like, you, <laughs> you got to do more than that. He's yeah. like, I, he's like, I like him, but you got to do more than that. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, my favorite moments of. Well, my favorite moment of Yoshioka's reign was probably the promo after he beat Yamato. Uh, match itself was cool, but I like the post-match promo more just because yeah. of how much it weighs now. Where um, Yamato attempts to strap him with the belt, but he just can't. He's like, I'm tired. Here, just hold it on your shoulder and I'm going to go. <laughs> um but uh, he basically, you know, he cuts this big long promo and he says he understands a lot of fans don't accept him as a uh, face of dragon gate and he doesn't either but just stick with him and he'll promise to prove that he is the face uh along the way uh just stick by him and have patience and during all that Daya's like ringside crying because you know he he's watched this whole journey for yuki and it's like probably the person closest to him in dragon gate now and uh it's such a good promo and it weighs so much heavy now that you know he's just like i fell so like you know like what an incredible thing to do after beating Yamato like you mm-hmm. know I'm I'm I've beaten one of the guys but yeah. I'm still you know I still recognize that I'm still not yeah. good enough there's still more I still need I think the quote that hit me the hardest was uh whenever he entered to face Ben K uh because Ben K Shun Hio and Yuki were all class of 2016 mm-hmm. uh Jay said on commentary uh that he said Ben K was the fastest Dream Gate champion Skywalker was the youngest Dream Gate champion. Yoshioka doesn't have any of those accolades. He's simply trying to be the greatest champion. And that's, that's, that's it was so good. I was like, ah. I was like, this is the guy. I was like, oh, I don't know what else you need. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. Somebody got to keep that quote because they got to keep bringing that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, before we talk Tag League, uh, for like Shun and Yuki's rest of 2022, I hope we do get a whole D-Courage Triangle Gate run because I think that trio being Triangle Gate champions could be really, really good for the belts. 
that and also I'm hoping for a King of Gate final of KZ and Yoshioka just because I feel like those two have the I would have Skywalker hold it all the way to Kobe World. And I feel like those two have the most beef with Skywalker and justification to want to take the title from him. Uh, cause he's been trying to get rid of natural vibes on KZ since he's joined Zebrats. Mm -hmm. And you know, he beat Yoshioka to stop his run and Yoshioka wants his uh redemption. And I think that would be the perfect King of Gate final. Will it add up like that? Probably not, but I think that's the ideal final with the best story. Okay. Um Skywalker, like I said, I've just had him hold it to Kobe World just because his first run was so cursed with his first defense, Ben K getting concussed. Um Ben K getting concussed. Second uh match, he had the really good match with Kaito Ishida, had a good Kazma match. Then uh he had the Kikuda match where Kikuda got hurt and Ida almost beat the brakes off Shun because they didn't communicate to Shun that Kikuda was hurt, so Ida was about to beat the shit out of him. Oh. Um because uh he thought Kikuda was just selling his injury. He didn't know like he had dislocated his arm, and I guess they didn't communicate that to him. So like Shin grabbed an arm bar and then Ida, because he was the leader of RED, and of course he's the elder statesman, so he got some there and he he just wasn't happy about it. Uh yeah. and yeah. like after that, that's when Shun was just like, Oh, something happened. I mm. so like his reign was very cursed, although it wasn't a necessarily terrible reign. I'm hoping for a lot more from this reign. Uh I think they could do a lot. I think they could do definitely do a Hulk defense if uh, Gold Class takes the uh, titles on the Sunday. I think that would be a nice first defense, actually, to, you know, squash that after they take the triangle game. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, um, and you can't go straight to something like a Casey or something. I think you got to. No. Um, hmm, after that, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do, uh, just because there's no clear direction. It feels like the philosophy for Dreamgate defenses is all different and they ran through a lot of good ones whenever he was champ before and I don't think you want to run straight to a KZ or a Yamato or anything like that mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what challengers they line up for him this go around I think you yeah. could experiment a bit give Jason his first Dreamgate match since he's got history with Shun uh, I think you could do a lot of different stuff with this run if you really wanted to but yeah you know, you know we'll see we'll see what uh no Sal was cooking up or <laughs> whoever <laughs> yeah, um i wasn't so, sure because uh, i partly wasn't sure whether shin would be doing more stuff in the states mm -hmm. and whether he will well my big master theory that i cooked up days before the match i was just like nosawa and saito are pretty cool if they really wanted to they could get a dreamgate defense on that muto tokyo dumb show and if you do you want yoshioka as champion so like I was like fantasy booking in my head a little bit. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> like in my head, whenever Skywalker came out at Final Gate, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. But and I was like, dang, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> how can I book this until yeah, yeah. How can I get Yuki Yoshioka defending the belt in Tokyo Dome? How do I, how do I do this? <laughs> um, but uh, let's let's go over the raid. Uh, De Parejas tag week. They uh announced a little bit. We had a drink here. So it keeps drying out. Mm. So uh, Saito came to the ring and he was like, all right, first time since 2003 doing Ray Day Parejas with the winners, of course, challenging the current Gate champions, KZ and Big Ball Shimizu, which I didn't know they were headed to the States whenever they announced this lineup. So I was just like, yo, where is your tag champions, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll break down by block, by block, and then we'll kind of, we'll talk about the blocks, uh, 
talk about what matches we're looking forward to. And then after we talk about the blocks, we'll see if we can cook up a potential final necessarily, because I honestly, I don't know. A lot of things caught me by surprise. So with A block, we got the class of 2022, Yoshiki Kato and Kaito Nagano, BB Hulk and Kota Minora, Madoka Kikuda and Yuki Yoshioka, Hiyo and Ishin, Jackie Funky Kame and Jason Lee, and Mochizuki Jr. and Masaki Mochizuki. Uh, immediately, that broke like three of the teams in my head that I was like, oh, they're going to be in here because I definitely thought Ben and Kota were the tag team of Gold Class to, to go with. But I do like the tag team combinations they end up going with. I don't yeah. hate them, but I was yeah. just like, yeah, Ben and Kota, that's like the most OP tag team they can do right now. Um, also, uh, not doing Yoshioka and Daya or Kakuda and Daya, I was like, hmm, that's interesting, but it makes sense whenever we get into B-Block, but I was just like, hmm, I figured you would go with the ones that have already been 28 champions, but, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. This, this block's a little fun because it's a, like, I think B block uh, is pretty, pretty stacked and you have most of the potential winners in that block. Mm -hmm. but this block is a lot of fun just for the fact that this is like an experimenting block. Anybody could come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess uh, like, Winner and, and Hulk, we'll, we'll see what happens with the um, kind of other stuff. But that was the the only team I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Like that, that makes sense at this point. Um, like realistically the only ones like the only ones in this block who have been like full-time tag partners already are Kame and Jason Jr. Yeah. and Mochizuki and that's it because Kaito and Nagano like Kato just debuted so they've just been all over the place yeah I mean after seeing Hyo and Ishin earlier in the day like bring that on that's that an interesting fun. team that's yeah. an interesting team uh, I'm curious to see how their league you know ends up just because he owes he owes a weird wrestler like he can have good matches as a heel but he's definitely a better face him and ishan's an interesting combination because it's like they both have like screwy styles of pro wrestling like um uh, i think i forgot who did i compare Hio to uh oh i compared Hio to like uh a combination of uh yoshinari ogawa and dick togo where he's a smaller guy uh occasional like you know good basics like you know he'll pull out a backdrop or some sort of hold uh but he's got sneaky pins it's and of course he does the senton so he yeah yeah i get the toga thing yeah yeah but, he's yeah. he's an interesting wrestler and then ishan's just kind of just been a madman since joining yeah. zebrats um yeah. but i think this is a good good chance of course one of the matches that you automatically jumps out to me is, of course, Junior and Mochizuki versus Hio and Ishin. Yeah. I, I am not sure which way they're going to go with this in terms of when is this father-son team going to break down? Because um, at some point, I feel like eventually they will get to the point where either they'll go to therapy or, you know, Junior will set out on his own one way or another. But mm -hmm. so, I, don't, I don't know if this is the, the time. No, I don't think it's the time. I think I they'll think at least get a twin gate run together before they officially split apart. Yeah. Which I also think that Junior and Ishin will eventually in the future be twin gate champions together because uh, that's just a theme in Dragon Gate. Teams will come around, they'll make back yeah. up, and then they'll break up again. And I mean, your best friends goes. are the ones you kick the shit out of, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
as far as like uh we'll, we'll go through b block and then we'll try to come back and try to see if we can formulate a winner because man i don't know um b block this one's a stacked block we have binke minorita which uh if you're listening to this please find a go to vk if they've already taken off dg network find the second day of the new year's gate Corican. minorita might be the greatest professional wrestler of our generation because he put ben k's glasses chain and i think it was a bandana all in one go that takes skill (laughs) i don't even have minorita's the guy Uh, listen i'm minorita probably the best wrestler of our generation he's your guy jay was the one who pointed out i wasn't you know it's like bro did mean to just do all that in like one smooth (laughs) swoop i was like that's the guy right here (laughs) also i i love the idea of ben k and minorita together that's gonna be the most chaotic tag team of all time i really like it i have loved ben k's support of minorita and you know, ben K, super supportive partner. Ben K was on English commentary for the second day of Corican, and oh, it was chaos. This dude did not shut up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great, but I have no like he was just talking. He didn't even know what he was talking about at some points. It was funny because Ho came back. Jay was like, "By the way, I just want you to know that Ben K, when he came to Doug commentary, he was dressed just like that: gold chain, glasses." <laughs> I mean, that was how it was in my head, so I'm really glad that's yeah. true uh then we have shun skywalker and kai which i think we're going to see a little zebrats power struggle there since kai is the leader but shun is the dream gate champion mm-hmm. uh dragon die and dragon kid which that's when i heard that i was like oh okay the teacher and student i i understand that i like yeah. that uh nuriki doi and yamato doyama uh which now are singles champions in other companies as doi is the ddt universal champion mm-hmm. yamato Went to Okinawa and took the Ryuku Dragon Pro Wrestling singles title. Uh, I love that Ryuku Dragon Pro Wrestling and DG have a working relationship only because DG wrestlers want to go to Okinawa and Yamato drinks with Gurken Mask. (laughs) 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 I appreciate that a lot. Um, Yusushi Kanda and Susumu Mochizuki, who were the original tag team of the Ultima Dragon Gym. Uh, They were partners in Mexico. Uh, They were like the first true tag team to ever come out of the... uh, ultimo dragon gym uh they were tag champions in mexico uh they haven't had a twin gate run in dragon gate uh let alone you know a long extended run as a tag team but i like them being here because i i love them together because like i said they've been teaming forever so they got a deep bag of tag moves that's good that's good uh and then of course strong machine j and f which definitely would have been j and ut if ut wasn't out um so I understand why they had to have F substitute, but I, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where, okay, you want to push him away from the strong machines, but you put him right back in there. I think you could have put him with somebody else just as a like trial. Like a, like before he joined High End, Kagatora was trialing all the units. And at one point he trialed Natural Vibes as Dance Hashimoto. They could have, which Hashimoto is his last name, and he just changed the first name to Dance. Oh, my God. And at one point uh, when he was doing the R.E.D. one, he was Bridge Book Kagatora. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I think they could have revived that and did uh, Dan Tashimoto and Jay or something to get him away. Or they just could have did Don Fuji straight up instead of putting him in the Strong Machine mask. But uh, it's fine. Uh, so strong, the Strong Machines, when they debuted, it was J, F, and G, which G is Gama, but Gama's gone. He's over there with his buddy and the G. Right. Um which Strong Machine F, uh, he's an enigma. Uh, Strong Machine F, uh, 
he he he's a he's a very aggressive machine, but he also really hates Yamato. <laughs> so them in the same block is gonna be fun. Okay, okay, that's that's something. At one point, uh, when Jay was in the Dragon Gate generation and he got one of his first sets of injuries, uh, he sent Strong Machine F to fill in for him, and he had a team with Yamato, and he was not having it. <laughs> um. But, nice. you know, I, I'm glad Jay had went into the garage and, you know, repaired Straw Machine F so he could be out here. Uh, uh, I wish we would have got a revival of Strong Machine K, Suji uh, Kondo, because that was funny. Uh, I will never forget that one month run of Strong Machine K where they won a match and challenged for the Twin Gate Championships. And Susumu immediately said, that's Suji Kondo. <laughs> he was like, don't you see that hair, bro? <laughs> oh, wow. Legends all around. Amazing. Yeah. Um, also, I would have loved to have Kondo or Ita in this as well, but of course, you know, they're over there working Noah, I guess. I mean, if Kondo just puts a mask in the dirt and takes the junior title, I, all is forgiven. I think Kondo should hold every belt in wrestling, so it's like fine. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> hey, listen, I like a Max a lot, but you know, it's, it's Suji Kondo time. <laughs> it might be about that time. <laughs> uh this block is a lot of fun this is probably the more unpredictable of the two blocks just because there's so many heavy hitter teams in this like the only one i really couldn't see winning is like j and f everybody else i could reasonably see winning this um of course the obvious favorite would be doyama the most prolific twin gate champion team in history but of course you know doy's like freelance now so like you know eh. He's he's yeah. a busy man. He's DDT yeah. Universal Champion. He might be All Japan Junior Champion this year. He's he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, he's in a weird unit in All Japan. He's got a lot. He's friends with Kazuki Arata now. He's got he's, he's got he's got stuff to do. Okay. He does freelancer. Um, I, I love how he's like pretty much now always introduced as freelancer Nerdy Doi. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. I I love how he hammer home that the reports of him having a falling out with dragon gate by most of his freelance dates being dragon gate dates i appreciate that <laughs> thank you <laughs> mr doy no, I, I i mean i still uh since i found out he had a baseball gimmick i wanted to go fight tiger's mask so oh yes yeah, do that yeah i mean zeus could probably give him a call he'll work it yeah i mean I like zeus get on it <laughs> i mean doy wants to wrestle everywhere that was one of the big reasons he went freelance he was like well i'm older i want to wrestle everybody so um Daya and Kid could have a fun run in here. I could see them being the MVPs of this block uh, on the low spectrum. Kai yeah. and Shun, I could, you know what? I could see them finishing last place in this block just because I think there'll be a power struggle. Yeah. And yeah. Kai, I love Kai, but, you know, Kai reasonably can lose and be fine because he's bigger than most of the people on the roster. That and, like, Kai's a guy who... He shows up when it's time to make money. Like when it when it's like house shows or whatever, you know, he'll dial it in or it's like building to a title match. But if it's time to make money and this big match, he's gonna show up. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I I'm have fine seen with that. that. Like I did not get him, and then I saw him do like a big match. I was like, oh, okay. There's another level. Okay. With my favorite tag team of all time being no limit, I can understand not trying at all unless it's a big match. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially since he wears a t-shirt, it all makes sense. Everybody, uh, that's the secret code in Japanese pro wrestling. If they're wearing a t-shirt, they're not trying. <laughs> um, uh, this, I mean, Doyama seems like they'd be the obvious choice to win, but I don't know. Like I said, both of these blocks 
they're they're interesting because like there's no clear cut winners. No, there there is some yeah definitely like down the bottom and then everybody else like I mean I I don't see the strong machines getting there. I don't think Shin and Kai. Yeah. Will. And then out of the other four, fine. Yeah. I mean Kikuda and Yoshioka could win. That'd be fine, but. I don't know. I really want to live in the uh, the world of the KZ and Yoshioka final. So I want to want to just mm. yeah. Yeah. um. Mm. I mean, Jason and Jackie would be a fun idea to win and do them versus Boss and KZ. I think that'd be fun. But hmm. Mm. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you got to do Doyama just because when all the teams were announced, they got the biggest reaction. So I think it makes sense for them to win. And they don't need to, like, win the belts. So, like, but if it isn't them, hmm. I'm going to throw my dark horse out there and say the Mochizuki family. I, I do actually think it's possible in that, like, I feel like they're kind of going, oh, there could be drama here and I just disappear. Yeah, I think the story of their tournament is going to be Masaki having to accept the fact that his son can stand on his own two feet and handle things on his own. And that could lead to them winning the tournament. Uh, I mean, it's very possible they could just lose every match, but I don't know. I think that's a good story to have and play around with a bit. So, I guess it depends what Mochizuki ends up doing during this period himself. Um, Dude, yeah. Mochizuki's fine. He he he'll, he'll wrestle five times a day. He don't care. Yeah, that's that is true. <laughs> that is true. He, he's the Iron Man for a reason. He does whatever. I um, mean, I would you know I really like that Ben Cameron team. I don't think they. I don't think they're gonna. I don't even think they're gonna win that block. But probably not because Minorita's a champion. But I do like the aspect of. <laughs> them versus it would okay it would make sense since Minorita and KZ had a king of gate match and of course Big Ben are a multi-time twin gate champion team mm-hmm. but I don't think it's gonna happen so. I don't think so. <laughs> it would be fun though um you know I wouldn't mind Kanda and Mochizuki winning but the thing is I think you can have them challenge and not have them win this big of a tournament mm-hmm. uh Hulk and Minora could be a fun one, but I don't know if they necessarily need to win. I feel like it's the infancy of Hulk and Gold class, so Triangle Gate would be fine, but they still need to like evolve as a group, so I don't think they necessarily need to win this. Yeah. I think they need to do well, but not. They don't need to win. Like Either one of them can stand to lose, and if they split it up, it would be interesting. I don't think this will happen, but it would be interesting if they said whatever. Let's just give Kato and Nagano the tournament. <laughs> Kato's been getting a lot of wins, and it's very possible, but it's also not possible. It'd be interesting. It'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. I do like I do like tag tournaments like this though, where it's not predictable. Yes. Because I think most tag tournaments like World Tag League and Real World Tag League uh, from AJPW and New Japan are really, really boring just because I it's pretty predictable. So it's yeah. just a long tournament of nothing. 
Yeah. Like I you can... watch the top two matches, maybe. Maybe I'm just pretty the sure, final. Like... I'm pretty sure I didn't watch a single. I lied. I watched Yudro and Evil versus Naito and Sonata because they had a cheering crowd and it was really, really good. People should watch that because crowd was going crazy. It was perfect. And then they. And then they started smoking fake cigarettes over Naito and Sonata's body. It was great. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch a single actual Night of World Tag League, but I'm pretty sure I predicted the final. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's going to be these two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or is um, this, I mean, like, I would also be happy with a lot of outcomes. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are interesting options. I, I don't know. I guess the one thing is I don't know if any team will win the belts. No, they're not. I don't think so. No. So it makes a really interesting tournament, but I, I don't think like ultimately the challenge is going to be successful. No, uh, I don't think they're going to. I think Boston KZ will rock it for a little bit. Uh, whenever they do lose, I don't know who they'll lose to, though. Because like my theory in my head was always they were going to lose to Ben and Menorah. But since they might be trying to create champions, eh. Eh. Uh, I don't know. It'll be... I don't know. I like I like when bookings unpredictable, though. So, I mean, it keeps me interested. It keeps me guessing. Because I think that, you know, anybody could win at any given moment. Uh, there's also a lot of fun stuff in Dragon Gate outside of this. Uh, you'd see it posted on Twitter uh, whenever they did the whole um, that tag match. I think it was on a Kobe Samba Hall show where they did the uh, dream, like the dream and the bravery matches and all that. Like he reposted the entire match lineup of the bravery match because it was like who GM Saito wants to define thinks will define the brave division in this year and he was just yeah. like oh it's frustrating and i was like dang if he was here and him and jay were team this would have been perfect yeah. oh uh, it, it's, it is so painful like he's just genuinely sitting at home watching in real time and that's gotta suck um yeah he's just genuinely very like he wants to be there you know he, he's a fan and yeah. he responds like a fan to what's going on, but at the same time, you're also like. That's and his dream has always been to be the Brave Gate champion, and it's just like yeah. Saito's like, all right, these four are going to define the Brave Gate division this year, and he's like, oh, this sucks. This is the worst, worst suck. thing ever. Um, Especially because he really would be there, like. Yeah. And that's not the hurt, first time that's yeah. happened, as far as I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it's always bad luck with him. It's like as yeah. soon as he starts getting rocking, it's something happens and it's just pure bad luck. Like when he got injured, he was like, Oh, people are gonna be like, Oh, that UT sure gets injured a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> it sucks. Um But it, it is also his story. Like he was very much like, you know, we I always believe it makes me stronger coming back. It's mm-hmm. the mental strength. That's what wrestling's all about. Like, yeah. With this but it's so um, sad. With this like rated per house lineup, it's gonna be very interested in what the King of Gate lineups would look up look like. I mean, they could go back to single elimination, they could go back to block. I don't know what they're gonna do because they seem to be changing it up every year. Uh, but it's just looking at this tournament, I'm like, man, King of Gate is gonna be very interesting this year to see what they do. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for some outside guests, uh, because. Marfuji was supposed to be in the 2021 or the 2020 edition, but uh pandemic happened, so he didn't end up being in that one. Uh that year, him and Kondo both were supposed to be in it. Uh when Kondo was 
when Russell one was about to be mercy killed and kind of was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, they just kind of kept it safe over the past couple of years. I'm hoping we get some outsiders since, right. since Noah books the entirety of all of our popular wrestlers and just gives us Ninja Mac. I I'm hoping for some, some interesting additions to uh, mm-hmm. King of gate this year. Um, Actually, I want the funniest option. I want Sagira to be in King of Gate and just beat up every small wrestler in the company. <laughs> that, I mean, or, that would be fine. That or Hideki you could Suzuki. just do that as a variety show, to be honest. Like, do that nah, every week. My that variety show is Hideki Suzuki beats the entire roster and talks to them in English. It's my, <laughs> my variety show. Uh, Dragon Gate's in a fun spot. Uh, they're in the same place as they were last year, uh, what got me excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're I don't want to say there's so much uncertainty but there was so much to be excited about and so much to be yet to be predicted because there's like a lot of stuff could happen but you truly don't know that's like one of the things about Dragon Gate like things could happen but you never know until it happens it's like because I started watching like properly in like September October Mm-hmm. so i've got a lot of like big shows that i have never seen or never like seen the build up to or being part of so like i mean as part of the reason um obviously we're talking about this is this was my first elimination match and mm-hmm. uh, kind of units uh unit disbands match and that was like such a big deal once you're getting into this promotion like there are certain hallmarks of it or things that are very much part of its character and it's an exciting it's an exciting promotion to get into yeah I think, and the, one of the reasons I really like Noah is because it's all legacy and history mm-hmm. and stuff. Like the layers of stuff that is in Dragon Gate is incredible, but you you can take your time about like peeling it away and getting to know it. So, yeah, uh, is there anything you have questions about of anything we watched or anything you want to talk about from other promotions? Because usually this is a variety show, but I neglected doing that since <laughs> I was like I'm not. I was like, all right, I'm not. So why did you pick these? these particular three unit defense matches uh well the berserk versus jimmy's one is my favorite the toy mom versus red one was the first one i watched uh as far as live and being in the mix of dragon gate and then um matt blinky versus uh jimmy's was a nice precursor to uh jimmy's versus uh berserk yeah uh just because i felt like those three in my head were the most tension build up between them. Uh, there's been plenty other disbandment matches on uh, other shows, but I, I just like off the top of my head, I was like, all right, these are, these are the ones where I can kind of encapsulate the true dramatic feelings of these disbandment matches. Yeah. I mean, like the first one I cried, the second one I screamed, <laughs> like it was, you know, I went through all the emotions. So they were really, they were really great and thank you because I probably would have watched them eventually but there was something about like doing all of them in a mm-hmm. row that was like this was an awesome project Dude, you get to go through a journey a bit so it's like yeah. yeah for sure and I learned more about Dragon Gate but like in a f- more fun than kind of reading way because I like I picked stuff up stuff from that which was kind of like oh the first one I was like because I um one of the few things I've been told to go back and watch was Kinnis's, uh retirement. 
uh-huh. um, from this year. So like obviously him and Susumu were on opposite sides of that first one. I was like, yeah. something is terribly wrong with the world. And then it all <laughs> resolved itself um, yeah, during yeah. the course of that match. But it was kind of like coming back and seeing that with what like what little I knew is that these mm-hmm. these guys are supposed to be together. <laughs> what is going on? Um, yeah, that made it kind of awesome. Um, and also having seen that retirement show and just like that's pure emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, it hits so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like at the point that everybody is crying before they've even gotten the ring. Like, okay, this is gonna be hard. <laughs> All right. If you got any more questions, go ahead and shoot them. But since a lot of cha- a lot of stuff and companies have changed since the last time we recorded, because mm-hmm. uh, about like two weeks ago. So how are you feeling about like how every company is headed in for the rest of the year now. Cause I mean, we just talked about Dragon Gate. Uh, Noah yeah. has off obviously started their, uh, set their tone for the year and moved into what's next. Uh, mm-hmm. Although their year will truly begin after Muto retires cause uh, they're trying to, you know, send him off right. And then after that, that'll be the true test of what can they do without him. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like that's, that's, you know, until Muto goes, I don't, yeah. I actually don't know. Yeah. What all companies do you watch before I go on a rant about? What oh, yeah. Um, so Noah and DDT would probably be the main ones that I watch. Um, I don't I don't know what's going on in New Japan anymore. I did for like probably a whole year after I actually stopped watching the product. And now I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Um, Listen, I show up for Yujiro title matches and whenever LIJ and House of Torture face, I ain't got time to be watching New Japan. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did okay. I did keep up with Best of Super Juniors last year because Show had this thing where anytime he faced somebody who was a gaijin, he called them a terrorist trying to invade Japan, and he wouldn't <laughs> let that happen. <laughs> oh yeah, there are occasions when I kind of hear stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, I want to check in with my boys, because um, yeah, you know, I think New Japan should really help me out and let House of Torture go freelance, so I don't have to watch their shows. <laughs> because they are a very chaotic family and I adore them now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they would do great things. And that is exactly the kind of, you know, unit you should have on tour. Exactly. Just send them to every company and let them do chaotic things. That and Togo would actually... That's what Togo used to do, man. That and Togo would actually try. He don't try in New Japan. (laughs) Yeah. All of them would probably try. He doesn't wrestle. All of them would probably try, not in New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Were, I occasionally drop in on Sendai Girls. I will, and you know, mm-hmm. I'll try and catch a big bleach show. But um, yeah, I'd say those like Dragon Gate, Noah, and uh, DDT are my core. All right, Although I will say, great years. Look, at, it's interesting that they just hot shot at the belt onto Ishida off of Linderman after they already ran that match. That looking kind of sucked, but. The rest of the year looks fun. Uh, Kotaro and Yutani versus Shimatani and Tamora should be fun. Uh, but yeah, so DDT, that's an easy that's an easy promotion to drop in on and like see those matches. Yeah, that's gonna be a good time. Fine. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more to talk about with Noah, so we'll go DDT first. Um, so their year is looking interesting because they're going to America, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mal and Shima are currently in America as well. Uh, they're tag champs. They got Oishi and Asahi coming up. Uh, they got the Hino and Higuchi title match coming up. Uh, Doi just won the Universal title. Mm-hmm. 
got their first good foreigner coming in in uh, Samurai Do Soul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it's looking looking interesting. Their year. <clears throat> so last year was the year of Higuchi, the year of making him the top of DDT. This year's going to be interesting because he's almost ran through everybody. Yeah. Um, so they could, they could have no win. However, I think you have a Hiroshima singles and a Sasaki singles left to give Higuchi before you can end his reign. Just because yeah. Hiroshima is the symbol of DDT and Sasaki has been the number one detractor of Higuchi's run. Ever since Higuchi's won the belt, he's just kind of denied it. Like, even when he got announced for Dio Grand Prix, uh, this was before Sakaguchi versus Higuchi, uh, Sasaki said, yeah, I'm going to win I'm gonna win Dio Grand Prix against Cannon in the finals, and then I'm going to face Yukio Sakaguchi for the KOD open weight title. Uh, which, think- uh, if anybody has information on the missing Daisuke Sasaki, please contact Cannon or MJ Paul. Um, <laughs> I think Sasaki's the could take it. Like it's possible. I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of people don't like Sasaki, so I want him to win the title. I love Sasaki. (laughs) You know, like when he wants to turn it on again. Yeah, one of those guys. Dude, he wear. I don't know what you want, bro. He's wearing a t shirt. You you think he's gonna try? No. (laughs) It's Um, like. but I do think the phone calls with him and Cannon were fun. Cannon, he was like, who's this? And he was like, uh, this is Cannon of Damnation TA. Uh, when are you? And like Cannon's like so proper. He was like, uh, so when are you arriving at Sendai? He's like, I told you, I'm not going. <laughs> He's like, are you drinking? He was like, what? <laughs> Man, I love that guy. Um, I, would, I would like to see a Hiroshima one, partly because I feel like the last year has been Hiroshima obviously stepping like back. Like I've he been, is the symbol, but he is listen, not. If there's somebody that's gotta be Higuchi, I've been fiending for another Hiroshima run for a minute. So it's about that time. It's about yeah. that time. Um, I, I would like him to get a last one, but I feel like the next one will be the last one. And that like I'm not ready for that. I feel I felt like that when like Marafuji got the belt uh, mm-hmm. in Noah, it was like this is the last like time. And yeah, uh that that could be painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the tag titles are fun, of course, with the uh, Shin Mao versus uh, Sai and Oishi, because, you know, Sai and Oishi, they story tag team, which if people don't, haven't seen any of the old stuff, please do. Yes. Uh, there's a really fun avid rival match, which is uh, Masaki Ohara or Masaki Oishi and Ryo Mizunami versus uh, Shiro Asahi and Okoto Oishi match. And it's like super, super fun. It's so fun. I love that. Uh, I think more people should see that because both are great tag teams. Um the six-man titles, of course, are in a fun spot with Burning. Uh, I don't know who beats them. They got the uh, Degeneration Cup going on for the young guys trying to get to America. Um, the Universal, of course, is still it's, – it's with Dooley right now. So that could really go anywhere next. Um, I don't really know what the next level is on, you know, Takagi's world domination. Like, yeah. given – you know they're going to America now. I think he'll get that down, but I don't really know what like the next level is for them. I have an idea of where this extreme title run is going for Uncle June. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because I feel like June, since joining DT, he's just become the most pro DDT person there is. Yes. I think 
there's somebody who hasn't held the extreme title whose dream is to hold the extreme title. And if anybody were to put them over, it'd probably be June. And that's Saki Akai. I think that yeah. June will lose the title to Saki Akai this year. Oh my God. I would love that. Yeah. Please, like, just make that happen. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's I was, ideal. Ever since he's been in DDT, like, I feel like I can't even remember what the moment was. It was, it was way before he, um, he faced Dino, but there was a moment where I was like, oh no, he's like DDT now. Yeah. And it happened so early on that it was so weird. It was so weird seeing him in DDT anyway. <laughs> and then it was just like, no, this, this guy is fully in there. Akiyama is DDT. Yeah. Um... And to be fair, he's done ridiculous stuff before. Like, oh yeah. But yeah, it was nice. Yeah uh ddt is going to be interesting for me to keep an eye on just because i kind of cycled them out to focus on gone pro and uh yeah <coughs> i think gone pro had a really great year like i said they were my best cyber fight company last year yeah um you know what we haven't had in our predi predictions that you said and i still think has to happen is hmm. gone pro getting on the the title getting on the um ddt noah yeah, show the cyber the fight, cyber fight. Just... um Either that has to happen. Main belt or the tag belts that they are about to introduce. I, I one of them, please, just yeah. for the love of God. Yeah. Uh, which honestly, if there's a chance for the single starter to be on, it's probably this year with the Watase as champion. Mm -hmm. Um, which if they want to end his reign there, obviously you got to go him and Keisuke Ishii. Uh, which I thought that was the old award match. So I don't know. So if him and Irie could be fun on there if they wanted to circle back around just so it's in the theme of, you know, DDT, Cyberfight, all that. Uh, but Noah's got a lot more substance to it than uh, DDT is, so it was good to kind of, because, like, DDT's on a fun spot where we don't know where things is going, but they're in, they're in a good position. Yeah, Noah, good Noah is, like, trying to set themselves up for post-Muto era, like, all right now, mm -hmm. although that's probably something they should have been progressively doing, although I don't mind it, because, uh, they're making everybody feel important. I like this uh, next set of title matches they got coming up with uh, Jack Challenge and Kaito, which I, I kind of figured was going to happen last time we recorded, uh, with Inaba and Kiyomiya challenging for the tag titles, uh, mm -hmm. which is Inaba's second title challenge since coming to Noah. Um, I think Inaba's going to get a belt. Like, <laughs> this is wild. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. Um, Soya challenging uh, Wagner, which... Uh, We'll, we'll see what Manabu Soya shows up to the match before I form an opinion because it, it could be really good because Wagner does well against the bigger guys. Um, one of the funniest things I ever watched was Wagner beating Kazuki Fujita with a Frankensteiner. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, the uh, junior tag titles with uh, uh, Alejandro and Junta challenging Ida and Ogawa. Uh, which that could go anyway because I don't know what this Ida and Ogawa <laughs> tag team is. Yeah, um, nobody knows. I'm not even sure they know. No, they do not. Uh, you know what this tag team is? This is Hayata's hurt. We got to get the Ogawa this tag title run. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think yeah. that's oh the junior title is probably going to be Kondo and Amaxa whenever they decide to since he beat them in the uh, shuffle tag tournament. Great. Uh, so they're doing a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, they just announced that Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and I guess now Anthony Green will now be uh, known as good-looking guys. Uh, <laughs> no offense to Anthony Green, because I tweeted, I was like, how are you going to have a, gr 
Okay, I've been very grumpy since I've been sick. I, I want to apologize to Anthony Green. You Listen, you are cool. I don't have a problem with you, but I tweeted out, I said, you can't have a group called Good Looking Guys when you have one ugly person in it. That's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Jake elaborated, and he said, hey, I want to gather handsome and cool people. I was like, yeah, you know, Anthony Green's pretty cool. I understand that. It's cool. <laughs> You're done being salty. Yeah, uh, no, but... uh. I, I love that Jake was positioned as this big evil outsider. And then his Twitter is just like, I like Jack a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still have this, like at any moment, he could just be like, absolutely evil. I really, I still feel it. It's almost like the smile is like too big and he's too happy for him. I and mean, he's the most supportive partner outside the ring. Like, I think it's different because while Anthony Green isn't signed, I think Jack might be quietly signed because uh, mm. he's like in a big spot. Yeah. Uh, he's probably their full-time guy, Jin guy. And yeah. Jake, although Jake speaks Japanese, he's not a Japanese citizen. Mm. So like he understands the struggle of being, you know, uh, another minority in Japan. So it's just kind of a bonding thing. It was like, oh, he really wants to see this guy succeed, but, you know, he's not going to be able to do it on his own uh so i don't know anthony green's kind of a weird fit but i do like jack and uh, jake together a lot i think they're fun uh please yeah. go watch their backstage promos guys they're, it's it's hilarious he, jake says something and he's just like right jack and then jack's like yeah well he said <laughs> <laughs> and then jake will just start laughing he's like thank you jack he's like yeah no problem bro i got you i think um, it's like it's it's still like super supportive but i guess we haven't seen like one of them in pain or like yeah. the whole kind of like you know i will put myself out for you and that kind mm -hmm. of you know that's why they need another that global that's, tag what they need. League. that's why yeah. they need another global tag league and let them get a run yeah that that's hasn't come true either like yeah. come on so um i also i like the aspect uh just because uh jake has done his best to raise jack up in his time there uh well he hasn't like made like you know any he, like he's made claims like he wants to be at the top of no but he's like oh jack's there that's cool too but you know um it'll be i like you know it's a lot of uncertainty with their tag in particular like mm -hmm. uh when they asked him about him he was just like uh I'll, I'll let you know about that in the future uh so it feels like there's layers to the story they're they're gonna add along the way it just hasn't really been seen quite yet uh and i'm excited for it like i know a lot of people have different opinions on jake but i really do enjoy him and jack together uh i think it's a, a really nice team uh like with the tanaguchi match that jack had and like jake's there in his collared shirt being all supportive <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I mean who shows up ringside in a shirt to support you like that that's your guy <laughs> yeah um it's interesting uh i think kaito and jack might be a that's gonna be a really really good title match in, in my viewpoint uh just because i didn't mind the first one i thought it was just decent but i think both are a lot better now and they can do something really really fun together and i think that's a nice lead into uh i believe it's right before the muto tokyo dome show so after that you kind of get a reset um and i do think like what i like about jack's like he's obviously he came in like a talent spotting thing so he's not just some guy he's some bit guy who they were like we want you for noah and yeah you know and i i think from the start he's had a story mm -hmm. and kaito like now needs a story to take him beyond muta and, 
you know. Yeah. I like I've said this multiple times about all the guidance and know with the exception of like Wagner, uh, since he was there before like this uh next wave of gaijins came in. Uh is the difference between him and the other gaijins is like he isn't satisfied with wherever he is. He's always looking to get better. He's willing to learn and he truly he truly cares. Like I'm not saying the others don't care, but mm-hmm. it seems like the others feel that they're bigger than maybe some of the people that are in the company. Shaq knows that there's a lot of uncertainty as far as feelings about him, uh, both internationally and you know natively. So he wants to try his best to uh, prove doubters wrong. He had a fire under him when he came in, and I think that's a nice thing about him. Also, like that uh, with these title matches being a few days before the uh, Muto Dome show is like they had all the time in the world to experiment. It's like okay, let's do something different this go around since we we can go into a reset afterwards, see if what we can do with these guys challenging and all that. Uh, it's interesting because I don't know, Inaba and Masa could win, but I don't think they will. It's like it's interesting. Yeah, I think they could. Yeah, for sure. What I'm most looking for- forward to from these uh title challenges is I want to see Inaba and uh, who is it? Sway. I want to see both of them come alive and actually try their best in these matches and you know prove something to me a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah because like yeah. uh so yeah he had a all japan tag title match and i thought it was really good in it. and then the next time i seen him he was just back to being so i was like all right dude i, I hate yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> i know you're good don't you do this to me but um yeah, you know he had some good wrestle one stuff <laughs> Uh, but of course, we're on the actually tonight is the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show as the time we're recording this with the uh, New Japan. Yes, be an interesting night for sure. Uh, Noah's probably about to get stomped through by New Japan, but of it's course. like, <laughs> of course, I think the biggest vote of we do not care about this partnership will be if they have a tag match with Togi Makabe in it and somehow he's on the winning side. Pain. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but very interested in the uh, LIJ versus Congo series, with the exception of one, of course, uh, just because, you know, Naito showed up in LIJ showing up to a Noah show was so hilarious because Sonata, Sonata's over here in this expensive outfit. He's got his phone out just recording everything like a diva and then Kano's yelling. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and Nakajima's like... <laughs> I don't want these factions to ever stop feuding. Like Noah posted the POV shot of um, LIJ first in ring trying to figure out where they got to go. Naito going to buy the Congo shirt and then going over to the autograph stand. And the first Congo members, Nakajima, Nakajima is just smiling hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. And also, like now, Keno's gone out and bought a whole bunch of uh, you know LIJ merch just to prove that. He pays his way. <laughs> they'll, they'll dig at Naito. Paying uh, off the journalists, you know. <laughs> Kano's so good. Kano's probably the one wrestler in Noah who understands how to continuously build stuff without needing to be on a show. Uh, his YouTube channel, I think Rachel mentioned it to me that they said um, that he went above Cyberfight to announce, to like ask if he could start this channel so he could just talk about stuff he wants to talk about mm-hmm. and uh it's been really really good so far so i'm interested to see what him and i to do i think yeah. 
at I mean Naito could lose and that's whatever because Naito don't care but if he's not losing I want to see them at least go to a draw just because it would one it would keep that LIJ versus Congo door open but it would also uh just kind of bring Noah up more than they were at the end of last year's show yeah. of course at the end of last year's show people were like oh Kiyomiya's great but the rest of the roster didn't have that uplifting moments and there is no reason to end this feud here or like come to any kind of conclusion. They no, because they do don't that. wrestle throughout the year. I know New Japan loves running like nine matches that are all the same all the time, like throughout the year, but these guys are in different companies. So realistically, they're going to be interacted with once a year. Kano is somebody who I would love to have like a, you know, like, like Tanahashi's column effectively, like towards the end of his career, like what his analysis is of mm-hmm. stuff, because like, Obviously, he has Super Calm now. He has YouTube stuff, but he's still Kenna. Yeah. And I, he has got like a wrestling brain. You're like, I want to get in there. It is so interesting. He pays for all his subscriptions. What a guy. Yeah. I don't even do that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I don't know if anything will come out of this uh, as far as, you know, afterwards. I know last year we had the iconic Aito crying and then the shot of Muto and Tanahashi sitting on the uh ramp like ah look at those guys yeah that was nice but uh yeah i don't i don't know um i'm not as excited as i was last year obviously it's not the first time yeah um i don't know because yeah. i don't know i'm excited but i'm also like oh new japan's about to run through this whole turn this whole thing looking at the matches i'm just like there's no way yeah there's just no way and it's not a tar- like it wasn't necessarily a bad feeling before but it, it's slightly unsatisfying i think you know there was stuff uh last time i think with kind of commentary and you know people not knowing what's going on in each company and that was immensely i have an under good authority to gosh scare hates noah okay <laughs> the sources have told me all day oh yeah. no but uh hopefully this year is better uh I, I'm I'm just very much looking forward to Noah's reset after Muto retires because I love Muto more than most people, just because most people buy into narratives. Listen, I know Muto's a selfish politicker, but I love him because he's he's funny. Muto's hilarious. I don't this dude's the best. Uh, but I'm interested in seeing how they do post Muto just because it is going to be a challenge for them. Like yes. people don't understand that Muto is indeed a draw. Um, so like without him throughout the year to sell these big shows it'll be interesting to see where noah has to do to create that same excitement to run these big venues yeah yeah i, I mean i do think they're gonna have a hard time actually yeah. I, I, they haven't set many people up to take that step up when he retires so that's that's no. one of their problems so it's really gonna be an interesting time luckily i think jake becoming available at this time was a really godsend for them no matter how people may look at jake just because jake is a very popular wrestler in japan and that that was like perfect for them because like i said they have not done a good job of elevating guys to be ready for when muto retires so now that you have somebody who's a main eventer in another company and has a big fan base that's like a godsend for you yeah i think think, well i think jake's gonna have this like year of being like kind of like a kingmaker of Mm -hmm. giving stuff two guys to raise him i hope that isn't all he becomes in this company like if he does a year here and then does something else or 
but I think he deserves to have a solid position at some point. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's going to be a tough year for them for sure. But honestly, I think after the, uh, whatchamacallit, the show with all the title matches, we'll get a clear direction of where they're headed toward for the rest of the year. Because I don't think there'll be too many uh, title matches on the uh, Dome show. No. I mean, it's not possible, but. Yeah. That's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. And no, it ain't about. Huh? <laughs> Muto One told no. certainly saying that. Muto said no, Sawa, it's not about you. And then eventually he said, oh, <laughs> yeah. whatever, have your retirement show here. I don't care, bro. You're not main event, but you can have a match here. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, but it, it's interesting because it's also Mara Fuji's anniversary year, so I'm expecting some big things from them. But you know, you never know. Yes. Yeah. I'm also. I, hope- I hope you'll just have fun. Like. Yeah. Also yeah. hoping for another Global Dream Show, but which is more interpromotional stuff, not just because like the first Global Dream Show was like the first Wrestle Kingdom. I want the next one to be more like this one. Yeah. Because this one, because like. Dragon Gate and Noah, they're more giving to each other than Noah and New Japan are because New Japan's selfish. They'll lose, like, they don't care who wins and loses. So it'll yeah. be more evenly split. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Like, I, I do think they are both benefiting. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, before we wrap up here, anything you want to plug, anything you want to ask, whatever you want to. I want to ask you then, you know, like those are the promotions I watch. What promotions or things are you most excited about this year? <sighs> it's tough because this year is my year where I want to do a lot more from a content creating standpoint. I want to do more podcasts with more guests. Uh, I want to write more articles. I uh, just started writing. Uh, I made a commitment to myself last year that I was going to make up for my lack of watching Joshi last year by picking a company and reviewing every show, even if it's like lifeless, smaller shows okay. uh, and reviewing all of them and grading them. So I picked Pro Wrestling Wave and I did my first one on that and had a good time with it. It was, it was fun to do. Uh, so I'll be keeping up with them throughout the year. Gonna, of course, keep up with Gone Pro and probably review shows for that as well. Of course, keep up with Dragon Gate. I've been trying to keep up with a lot of stuff. I eventually, I'm i going to cycle New Japan out and just come in whenever I feel like, you know, something interests me. I just can't buy into any hype they have because whenever I'm watching the shows, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I watched Wrestle Kingdom and I was just like, yeah, whatever, dude. I don't. Um, I catch AEW when I can, but I'll probably keep up more with ROH just because most of the talent that they're going to put down there, I'm more interested in than the people that are going to be pushed on the main product. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I was going to get into Big Japan this year, but Big Japan is very hard to find if you, and even if you have their streaming service, it's like, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I, I got a Samurai TV subscription, so I, I'll watch, you know, BJW from two years ago. But, yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm back in the keeping up with Noah again. Uh, I stopped like whenever they brought like Elgin and all those people over, and then whenever he was gone and stuff, I hopped in for N1. But after that, I was like busy uh, with college and stuff, so I was like, oh, whatever, I'll hop back in next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and AJPW, I started keeping up with them. Uh, I like what they're doing this year. I think they're gonna have a good year, although it's gonna be tough, you know, losing one of your big stars and not having necessarily somebody to replace them yeah uh but i still think they're gonna have an interesting year uh other than that i'm just you know whatever's recommended to me i'll go and watch uh like with stardom uh mm-hmm. 
whatever Alex from Storm Quest, he'll he'll be like, oh, you should watch this because he knows what wrestling are like. And I just can't. I am one of those people who who liked a lot of older stardom before the uh, Bushi Road purchase, and like since then, it's just not really my what I like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not that they have bad wrestlers or bad matches. It's just whenever I watch the big shows, I'm just like, eh. I mean, a lot of people rave about it. I'm just like, eh, for me. Um, when he gives me suggestions, I'll go and watch it. Um, then I'll just like take mostly random suggestions for older matches. Like I said, I was going to keep up with Stardom's little uh, trios tournament, but I for like the past week, I've been on a no fear kick. So like I, I didn't talk about. Listen, Takiyama is a cow warrior. Just big dudes doing big dude things, and you know that's that's what I'm here for. Nice. Um, yeah, sometimes one- there's so much good old stuff you gotta yeah like i've been going back and watching a whole bunch of omega matches now that uh they're back in ddt and yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, um that and just i guess hoping to travel like i'm going to san francisco again for queen of indies in may and uh if i can save up more money hopefully travel some more just because i like traveling uh it's fun but you know they call money and you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah i mean it's hard to like want to expand uh what i watch as far as wrestling wise because whenever i try to watch some other companies it just ends up not being for me it's just like i'm not one of those like a lot of people watch something that they don't like i can't do that no no for sure. that. there's a whole like makes me miserable. brand of hate watching and wrestling for sure mm-hmm. like i if i don't like something i'm just not gonna watch it it's just because like I don't know. I guess it's my viewpoint now that I'm trying to create more content. It's just that it's going to paint me in a negative light if all I do is hate watch something. Yeah. That's going to bring no joy to anybody. I think that's very annoying and it will take away some of the legitimacy I have whenever I'm like reviewing stuff or whatever. Uh, That's why whenever I hate on New Japan, I preference that I don't watch New Japan (laughs) anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It's just, you know, like I said, uh, I mean, I think a lot of wrestling is good nowadays. It's just finding what I enjoy is very hard. I do I do keep up with uh, great whenever I can. It's just they had a pretty down year last year, so it was hard for me to just keep up with them on a full-time basis. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure, like, three promotions I can kind of keep up with on a full-time basis, and then, like, you you know, somebody recommends something, I'll yeah. totally drop in there. Most of my uh, viewing for the sh- companies I don't keep up with full-time, like DDT and jpw is just me watching the big shows and seeing what i what i like from there yeah yeah uh which is honestly the best way to go about it because the big shows you're just going to get the best of it you know yes tjpw is great for that like their big shows are incredible yeah and if you ever want to lose your will to live watch a big new japan show we got a 30 minute jay white match where he's just going to talk the fire 25 minutes and got this elp thing on this undercard and um man crazy because like, back to like 2017 it, hurt, it hurts oh, okay. me so much that i just don't like new japan anymore because i lo- love new japan yeah. i love i love lij i love house of torture i love all those guys and i'm just like i can't watch this company i just can't i really yeah. can't sour um like at the first uh like when the pandemic hit uh me and my friends did like a whole kind of like watch every g1 final um like running through all the stuff and like I miss that, like some of the historic stuff. 
that is probably all I would watch on on their network now. Uh, I want to watch more Fat Fat Elvis Shinya Hashimoto from like right before you know like he passed and all that when he left New Japan, just because I haven't watched. There's a lot of like older wrestlers that I want to watch stuff up that I haven't just had the chance to go back and watch. Uh, Shinya Hashimoto is one of them. Um, haven't watched as much. I mean, the Four Pillars. Uh, I mean, is like obviously in most people's recommendation but i haven't watched a lot of jumbo saruda i want to watch more of him just because i saw him and it was him and team reuse match and it was like really really good i was like oh this is so good <laughs> but i love 10 year 10 years i was like yeah uh i want to go back and watch some like older junior stuff like i, I love old man tatito Takawa, but i want to go back and watch some of his stuff when he was like not wobbling around <laughs> and then you know old otani stuff all that yeah I wanted to go back and watch like some old uh, Koji Kanemoto. Yeah, stuff. yeah, me too. And there's uh, there's not actually not much on New Japan. So uh, Koji Kanemoto versus Masato Tanaka for the Zero One World Title is a fantastic match. Okay. That whole Korokan Hall show, uh, it was like in 2008, I want to say. Fantastic card. It was like uh, it was like most of it was Zero One versus New Japan, but you know also they had like the Akira and Liger No Limit Junior Title match. They had the uh, Tanaka and Kanemoto match main event and. That's where like Tanaka was like, yeah, Nagata, you should try to come take this. And Nagata was like, I will take this because y'all have no money. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, you know, that's really all I keep up with is, you know, it's just hard, though, because like, you know, I got, you know, I got a job, but like I got to go make money. So, yeah, yeah. Like when yeah, I, I have do, time, uh, five promotions when I was part time, but I need the money. So. yeah i need money so it's like hard to keep up with stuff i would love to one day be able to make money from content creating and i do have time to hopefully be able to accomplish that but it's not happening right now so i need to make money so like whenever i have <laughs> free time it's whatever i feel like enjoying well i'm, I'm not i'm gonna do a plug but uh i'm also Go gonna nag you to write more stuff because uh so uh, 60minutedraw.com is the website uh, writing about characters in Puro. And basically, like, the stuff I try and have on there is much more about this kind of long-term storytelling, like mm -hmm. in-depth character stuff. I would really love to have more people writing about Joshi Rushling on there because there is some amazing character stuff. Um, but I'll most plug... content creators there have their own platforms. So. Yeah, I'll plug that you're looking for Joshi Riders whenever I upload this episode, which I think awesome. will be next week. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At the so my idea was whenever I went through my finals is I was gonna get back into writing all that, but I was like, you know what? I'll just take the rest of this year off just because I'm so burnt out from everything. Yeah. Now I'm back in the swing of things. Writing is a lot easier whenever you're doing it on a laptop and not on my phone. Because that's what I was doing it primarily on. You got the little Google Docs open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier on my laptop. Oh, no. I've had a lot of ideas that I just kind of like threw to the side just because I'm like, bro, that requires a lot of time. Then, no, no, Yeah. I got um, four articles on the go right now. One of them will get finished some point soon. But. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't think I've written anything outside of World Class Alliance stuff on there yet uh because i know with kick out i did too mm -hmm. i drag all my dragon gate stuff so i'm last word on sports uh my what was it my sub stack has the 
Kenta versus Yudro watch along thing and then the wave show. Yep. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah. People That's um, good though. Yeah. 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 I get to I don't know. I view wrestling very differently. Yeah. But the like writing for different things forces you to do it in different ways and different yeah. audiences and stuff. So it is super useful. That's why I welcome so many like a lot of people want to monopolize like one company's content mm -hmm. i'm all for multiple people writing about uh different like the same content just because everybody's got a different viewpoint yeah and i think it's better if you have multiple viewpoints and then just one person spreading out their viewpoint because then that'll make stuff up, hit a gray area and people will be like oh yeah you gotta look at it that way it's just like eh. yeah like i found a lot more of that particularly in new japan because it's so big is like this is the right way to enjoy this yeah yeah um, which I wanted, like, I thought, okay, so when I was in my final weeks of college, there's been two matches I've been trying to hunt down, No Limit-wise, because I had a bunch of uh, older No Limit stuff on this uh, obscure uh, site that I won't put out there, but uh, it's all gone from it now. Like, I had, yeah. uh, had Kanemaru and Suzuki versus them. I had them and Okamura versus Lasombra and then two other people for the CML trios title. I had a bunch of stuff and now it's like all gone. Uh, but I'm trying to hunt down uh, uh, where they won the tag titles from Prince Prince, uh, Minoru Tanaka and Prince Devitt. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a DVD, I was gonna buy it, but I don't know. If I do, probably gonna write something about that. And then the one time they went to the uh, G1 Tag League final, probably write about that. Uh, I don't know, I would write more. Uh stuff about them but you know it's hard coming up with ideas it's hard yeah you got to find the angle that's that's why the matches help sometimes like you watch something and you're like no this is definitely what i need to say about this this gets 20 listens uh i will write a full <laughs> i will write a full series on 60 minute draw about yujiro's g1 tournament matches from years okay, I'm past. Promoting the hell out of this <laughs> this gets 20 listens um I'll go through all his G1 matches from years past and I'll probably won't go in order because some of them you'll New Japan World's honestly a weird site because they have so much money and yet they're missing so much stuff. Yeah. But Tony listens, I'll do that. So plug it. Honestly, might post this tomorrow if I'm feeling good. So uh but is there anything you want to plug? Anything else? Anything else you want to plug? Anything else you're looking for wrestling wise if you want people to send you any whatever whatever uh more dragon gate recommendations i am currently in my millennials era and yeah. uh finishing that up um you need I, to, I cannot find the millennials disbandment match um, you need to get in contact with d uh because she has a lot of the uh dragon gate best of dvds that they sold of course she does <laughs> and i think she might have the one with the disbandment match i don't know okay. you'll you have to reach out to her because I know she gave me the one where uh, it was like summer of 20 something wherever it actually showed the millennials debuting in Corican with all the units in the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, so reach out to her. Cool. My Dragon Gate recommendation for everybody before we log off uh, this one. Um, I'm going to try to give people a good one. What are some of my favorites? Oh, uh, a tag match I will always recommend is uh Akira Tozawa Shingo Takagi versus Ida and Seahawk for the Open the Twin Gate Championships just because I love the millennials. Uh 
also, um, there is a where Maria loses the Brave Gate to Ida at I think it's at a Kobe World, uh, where uh, it's Ida's first Brave Gate run. Uh, that match is really good. People should watch that. Um, also, everybody go watch old Kotoka stuff because Kotoka is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, see, I'm mad at him because he like uh kicked UT in the balls and then tried to shave his head or something so hey he's he's chilling <laughs> he's got a gym now he's chilling he just had a kid his brother's everywhere he's having fun um but I think that's all I got uh next episode that y'all will hear will definitely be the Muto episode unless I am a madman and cook something up before then I don't know but awesome. uh but as anyways I'm gonna continue to do my half and best and we'll see you next time <laughs>